What is up, everybody? Welcome back to yet another episode of the Players Club Podcast. Welcome back to the club, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone on and off that spectrum. We are going to be talking about for episode 99 today, the penultimate episode before episode 100. We're talking about the state of play that just popped off here. Uh, we're literally recording mere minutes after the state of play wrapped up. And they announced a lot of things. Uh, I was telling uh, my co-host here, Al, uh, that I had a backup topic just in the chamber, just in case this ended up being mid, because we know State of Plays, they don't always bring out all the stops. But today they said, hey, we're going to bring out all the stops. So we got plenty to talk about. We got Spider-Man on PC to talk about. We got RE4 remake to talk about. We got Little Kitty Cat Stray and a lot more. Uh, So... Yeah, we're definitely going to get into it in just a moment here. But before we get into that, I have to first off tell you who I am, Emmett Watkins Jr., also known as DJ Spun 61. I feel like I said that at the top of the show, but sometimes I don't. So now I'm always self-conscious because sometimes I'll remember at the end of the show and then it's been an hour and a half. So not doing that today. So you've heard that. And I'm also joined here today by my co-host, Alan Muir. How's it going, homie? Hey, a guy. <laughs> what is okay. that from? That's a reference. That is from Happy Souls, which I, that's a, the Horizon 2, or Horizon Forbidden West episode that you did, um, <laughs> back in, like, February. I, yep, yep. I, I dropped that video in here cause it, in, in the, um, in the Discord because I thought you were talking about, I thought it was, gonna be, I thought it was an Elden Ring episode. <laughs> I it, it it I was thinking about that at first, but then I was like, ah, oh, well, we can get around to Elden Ring later. I'm in the middle of Horizon, so I just hit up everyone. I was like, it's Horizon time, <laughs> like it's Morbin time. Yeah, like it's Morbin time. Did you hear they're putting Morbius back into theaters because the memes were so intense? Oh man, dude, it's, it's hitting like a thousand more theaters, like a thousand plus theaters. It's gonna come back to this weekend. They are learning. They are learning the the worst lesson i mean they are warning they are learning the worst net lesson but the thing is like we mean it to oblivion they're gonna put it back in the theaters it's not gonna make a single dollar because morbius is one of those movies where like i like the memes i'm not even gonna stream it (laughs) like let alone leave my house for it so i'm a i'm a big Mm -hmm. tom tom hardy fan hell yeah i haven't watched any of the venom films look I, I like I like I'm I could care I don't I, I my, I'm indifferent towards the character of Venom and Eddie, Eddie Brock. Oh, fair enough. I think most are. But when it comes to the to like Sony's Spider-Man universe, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the same boat with you. I don't care about Sony's Spider-Man universe at all. But I will say, as someone who watched both Venom movies in theaters, that first Venom movie was surprising. Like, it wasn't a great movie, but it was like, I won't say good. It was surprisingly interesting. (laughs) Like, I was super fascinated with how they turned that character. And the second one kind of keeps going in that same direction and makes it feel even weirder. Um, And I respect it for being weird. But by the second movie, I was like, okay, I don't actually like this. I just think it's interesting that these movies are getting made at all. But do I like them? No. And I'm realizing that's what I feel about Morbius. I think it's fascinating that they're still making these movies with this type of tone. Just utterly like, no one cares about this, so let's just make a movie. And they always come out weird because of it. I respect the hell out of that. But Morbius is where I drew the line. I'm going to stop supporting this. (laughs) I'll I'll laugh at all the DS memes, but that's about it. (laughs) They have to make movies to keep keep the rights. I mean, sure, but like... 
bro, if you want to, here's what you do. If you are one of these companies who you have, you have the hold on one property and just one property and you want to milk it for all it's worth, do, how do I say this? Get different people to work on it. Don't make a cinematic universe. Don't. It doesn't have to be the MCU. Just because the MCU is the MCU. They have access to the entire Marvel pantheon. They can do so fucking much. So it doesn't matter. But really, you just need to just let a bunch of different people interact with that franchise. Let let like okay, this would never happen. But let Martin Scorsese make a Morbius. Let let uh fucking I don't know. Let uh what's his name quentin tarantino let him make a scorpion movie like get all these random creative people to put their spin on these characters and that's so much more entertaining then you're watching it to see what's their spin on it rather than how does this tie into the universe because no one cares how this ties into venom or even really the tom holland movies we like the tom holland movies for how they tie into the mcu not for how other movies tie into the tom holland movies so i don't know or how the smcu yeah, the SMCU, the, the Sony, the, the Spider-Man Cinematic Universe. Yep, exactly. Mundo. Yeah. So I, honestly, I would I wouldn't mind seeing a Robert Eggers uh, Carnage film. Yeah, I would fuck with that. I know. I know. He 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 said many times that he he would never like he he'll never do a Marvel film. But God, if he if they if they let like the if they let the reins loosen a, a little bit a little bit. Mm-hmm. They could they could make something with it. They could if they let people just do like Logan and just let them go hard R if they want to, then yeah, they they could definitely have something on their hands. I would love to see. I'm trying to find. That's her name. I was trying to think of it earlier. Greta Gerwig make a black cat movie or something. Ah, bro, I will be right there, dog. I will I be mean, there in a. Gym. I mean, there technically was a there were black cat did sort of appear in uh, Amazing Spider Man two. I think. All right, appeared in. <laughs> I want a full film after Barbie movie Greta. You know, actually, after Barbie movie Greta is probably going to do some small indie things so she can like not be in a corporate machine for a while. But after that, do a Black Cat movie or something, or maybe like a Spider Gwen live action Spider Gwen. Everyone's been saying get get the girl from uh, the chess TV show to be Spider Gwen, and I fuck with that idea wholeheartedly. I would love it. Um, Anna Taylor Joy, that's her name. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, that's before, a lot of yeah. Go ahead. Before we move on to the main topic, I just want just need to say for the people who don't know, um, and the way the whole thing with uh, Sony having the rights to, to the Spider-Man stuff, the way their con- the whole contract works, or the the way everything works, any character that is either created or that debuts or is featured prominently in a Spider-Man comic. Like that was their first appearance is a Spider-Man comic or a Spider-Man event. Mm-hmm. Sony has tie. They have that character. Oh no! Which which is why Spider-Man hasn't had a really hasn't had a big like comic in comic event that that isn't like Spider-Man. Every Spider-Man event has been either Spider-Verse, Spider-Geddon. The Clone Saga. Oh, so all the stuff relating to it has been like we're it's, either visiting all, the past or stuff from other characters. It's everything has been really just self-contained because, like, if they like the if they let Spider-Man be like the big, the, like the main feature, mm-hmm. it would allow uh, Sony to claim it for themselves. Yeah. So 
Uh, the most recent one was actually something that uh, Josh and I mentioned, did an episode of Hypertime on. I think it was one more day. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Good pool, good pool. I'll have they, that in the description in just a second. <laughs> uh, um, Marvel went back and, or recent, semi-recently, did a storyline within the Spider-Man book focusing on Mephisto and all that. And mm. yeah, the, the whole thing is just so screwed. Yeah, it's pretty screwed. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, yes, I don't like it that one company is kind of cucking the opportunity of the rest of the cinematic or the Marvel universe in general, not just cinematic. Um, but I'm also like, maybe I not even maybe it's definitely a good thing that Disney doesn't own everything. <laughs> So even if it does make for awkward things like that, I'm probably still on the side of, hey, at least they don't own everything. Yeah, like, it seems like we're getting closer and closer to that being the case. At a certain point with X-Men, they stopped. They just flat out stopped creating, stopped creating new characters for that, for the, for the, for the books, because. You know, if they create a new character, Fox, Fox had the rights to those characters for films, mm-hmm. which exactly. is why every more or less every single like post 2000s um x-men film or x-men property either created an original character or were the either one or, or either creating new created a, like an original character reuse old characters from the well-known stuff or just or just stick to the stuff they already had from like old issues and old storylines yeah, this is this. It's why it's actually why they um, Marvel pushed uh, for the Inhumans to be a thing, ah, which yeah, explains a certain characters uh, seen in a, a re- semi-recent Marvel film. Hmm. Okay, I vaguely understand that one. I'll give it to you. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how things go and how things change now that most of the stuff is under the house of mouse. But like I said, maybe it's good that they don't have full reign over every single thing. But hey, in that case, we'll go ahead and talk about stuff that they definitely don't own in the case of at least most of this stuff. Um, In any case, let's go ahead and talk about this. Uh, This is State of Play. Um, Just wrapped up a couple minutes ago, like we talked about. (coughs) Excuse me. I cough right into the mic, too. Good God. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Um, I don't know why you would. Uh, Yeah, they announced a whole bunch of stuff. It was only 30 minutes long, but they had some bangers, some swingers in here. Really only, I would say maybe one dud in this entire thing. And even that isn't a dud. It's just not for me. But um, everything in here looks solid. So let's go ahead and start at the top here with uh, probably one of the bigger announcements here, if not the biggest. And we both feel a little bit complicated on this announcement. So uh, let's go ahead and start off with Resident Evil 4 Remake. Um, Yeah, they opened the show with this. It's coming March 24th next year. Uh, It's going to have some PSVR 2 content. Uh, they, They said that they're developing content for the game for PSVR 2, but we still don't know if it's, oh, you can play the whole game in PSVR 2 or if it's, 
we just have like, like a just, side demo. Yeah, like just uh, segments. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, they haven't clarified that yet. We'll probably find that out in the, in a couple months, probably. But uh, yeah, this was kind of a shock. Uh, I, I mean, we all knew that there was a heavy rumor from a couple months back that this game existed. Um, but it's wild it. that we're here. I, I didn't want it to exist because Resident Evil Four is a perfect game. See, okay, I will pause there because right there i i kind of agree with you resident evil 4 is if not a perfect game it hasn't aged i i stand by that wholeheartedly i don't think it has aged at all uh, i think that game is still good to go back to today i beat it for the first time in 2018 i think that game is great i can't tell you what is wrong with it that needs to be updated which is why i'm hesitant to even want a remake of it but at the same time i i don't i there's it's not a universal thing that resident evil 4 is a perfect game to people i know people in fact i know noah caldwell gervais uh he recently not recently a couple months ago at this point but he made a video on the entire resident evil series a uh, great video by the way even though it is like seven and a half hours long but in the segment where he's talking about resident evil 4 he wasn't that impressed with the game. He thought that game was fine, and he did acknowledge that he only thought the game was fine because it is the template for every other third-person shooter after it. So, you know, kind of a little bit of a slant there if you've already played all of the inspiration. Going back to the origin point isn't a special, but he had a lot of problems with that game. So he's an example of someone that I look at, and I'm like, yo, this remake might be for them. But at the same time, even in that same video, when he got around to Resident Evil 8, he said, hey, this feels like an evolution of Resident Evil 4. This feels like we're going back to, uh, you know, a Spanish city or a, ran a random like Eastern European city. Uh, this feels like the village vibe. It, it kind of hits similar notes to Resident Evil 4, despite it being the eighth game in the franchise. So like he was saying he didn't want the remake either because he felt like Resident Evil 8 was that remake. And now here we are getting it anyway. And um, I don't know, man. I think here's the thing. I'm going to play it. I'm going to enjoy it. Resident Evil 4. Um, let me open up this tab and do the math on it before I say this completely. But uh, I said that I beat Resident Evil 4 back in, what, 2018? And I love that game. I, I didn't expect to. Yeah, go ahead. By the time the game com game comes out, it will have been over 18 years since the game the original game came out. Yeah, that's literally entire that's like you're more than an entire stay in grade school <laughs> like like that's there, plenty of time there will there are people born today who are like i mean i was gonna say there are people born today who are like what, what's resident evil 4 i don't even know what that is then again it's it's was, would you say it's if it's the proto uh, skyrim in terms of or proto yeah the proto skyrim in terms of universal re, uh re-release oh yeah it's been released to hell i would say even more than skyrim because you think about skyrim it's what uh came out on ps3 360 pc originally it's been on switch it's been on ps4 and 5 it's been on xbox one and series it's been on we already said switch it hasn't been on mobile and it hasn't been on uh it's been on pc i already said that it's been on vr oculus rift and it's also been on what's the one other platform of the oh Alexa <laughs> for that gag where it was like an all audio version of Skyrim. So like, yeah, people meme that Skyrim's been on everything, but Resident Evil 4, 
it's been on every home it's been on every major home console since the playstation 2 and gamecube generation so that's instantly adding three extra consoles on top of skyrim's count it like i said it's been it's already you're already including switch on there it's been on mobile before. I want to say it got ported to iPhone a long time ago. It's got pointed. It's it's been ported to like the Zebo, like weird, like Brazil exclusive consoles. Like Resident Evil Four is everywhere, and I think that's another problem of this remake where there's not enough distance. It doesn't feel like there's been enough distance for Resident Evil Four for me to feel like I want a remake. Because in the case of like RE One remake, I'm never gonna go back and play that on a PlayStation One. That's just a hostile gameplay experience for anyone past a certain age uh or under a certain age so yeah that remake was necessary i would say the same thing for two i would say the same thing for three four you know what i would want even more than a remake of four i would want a remake of all those or at least some of those games in the middle period i'm talking about code veronica talking about resident evil zero talking about outbreak one and two like those are the weird like resident evil offshoots that i think would serve they would serve a new market or they would like fill a need that I would feel like there is a gap for that a Resident Evil remake wouldn't. Um, well, mm-hmm. they don't, I mean, Outbreak doesn't really need to be remade because. Because that's just Left for Dead. <laughs> yes and no. Like that is what they're doing, what they've been doing with the um, multiplayer releases, like the multiplayer sides of Resident Evil 7 like reverse and all that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And resistance and such. Yeah. Um that I mean Resident Evil if I honestly I'm pretty sure the whole this whole thing is both well one, it's Capcom wanting to get make more money off um like make more money off the the the, the franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. And uh after the mon- after the success of Resident Evil 2 remake, the Resident Evil 3 remake, which wasn't as as universally or critically acclaimed as, the as Resident Evil 2, was, yeah. they have, I think they just want to streamline this whole thing because it, certain things are difficult to make like dif- difficult difficult to make sense of when it comes to Resident Evil canon. True. Like, in Resident Evil 7, one of the uh, like newspaper articles that that's in the uh, Baker estate. Mm-hmm. One of them, like one of the things, is written by like the byline is is literally from like it's like it's written by a character that was in Outbreak. Oh wow! <laughs> yes, like like it's, everything connects. Yes, like poetry or rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's been the case with Resident Evil, where it has all these offshoots, but they're all shockingly relevant to the mainline plot. There's never a, a nonsense spinoff that means absolutely nothing. Everything has a little bit of a connection, at least. So, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens with this RE4 remake. I will say, though, if they are going to keep going on this path, because it seems like Resident Evil 4, or just the entire Resident Evil franchise in this revival era ever since 7, they are done doing offshoots of Resident Evil. It's not, oh, here's your Resident Evil Revelations. Here's your Resident Evil Outbreak, like we just said. It seems like it's either here's the new main entry, like a seven or an eight, or here's a new remake of a main entry, like your twos and threes and now four. What the hell are they going to do when they get the five? Because right before we started um, recording... They're, they're going to make <laughs> a lot of changes. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's for damn sure um because yeah right before we started recording you were talking about how you did not like five and i was like hey five was the first resident evil game i ever played through so resident i evil, well mm-hmm. resident evil 4 was the first game first mainline resident evil game i actually played through as, as well and actually completed yeah um it's a hell of a joining spot <laughs> so yeah well i i, I, I didn't, don't know my main concern was with resident evil 5 was how barbaric they made um, certain enemies that I won't go into specific, specifics on. Yeah, I know. That whole game took place in Africa, and considering RE5 is the most action-heavy game, you can imagine who you're shooting for a good 85% of that game. And I don't know if you've seen the... Uh, someone someone made or took the... Uh, or edited, edited, like, did an edit of the um, the filter that was, that's, that's used in Resident Evil 5 and removed mm-hmm. it. Really? It looks like a completely different game. <laughs> wow. Like because there's because there's like a um yellowish uh hue to everything, mm-hmm. it just makes the the edit makes it look like a much more beautiful game. Hmm. Okay. Wouldn't have guessed that. <laughs> Is this like a PC thing or was this just like a fan made video? No, it's like uh, it's it's a like a comparison, like a top like a on like the first image, like the top image is RE5 with as what or is with um as I call it the piss filter. Because uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because everything looked like piss in that game. True, true. And the below image is makes it look vibrant, just, just natural. <laughs> God, yeah, I didn't. I totally forgot how just like the top image looks like. Like how every movie in like the mid two thousands would that was shot in Mexico had the same filter. That's what the original RE five looks like. God, yeah, you make a great point. Hmm. Yeah. Hopefully, if they do remake RE five, hopefully it isn't you know bringing back that whole vibe and that filter and everything. If they here's the thing, the only, the main reason I would be cool with an RE five remake is because a I thought RE5 was pretty fun, despite all of the thematic things that years later, when I was old enough to like look at games critically, I would think about that. And I'm like, yeah, that's more than a little fucked up. But really, if you're going to bring back RE5, I have been saying for several years at this point, Sheva Alomar has been done dirty. She deserves to come back. She deserves to be a part of the Resident Evil franchise. She doesn't deserve to just be a one-off sidekick character so that you can shoot a bunch of black people and think it's okay because your partner's black. I want her to be a real person in this franchise and not just have her be this one footnote on this on the worst game, according to a lot of people. And then also, you know, after five, then we have six. I mean, Sheva <laughs> was basically just a glorified um sex object yeah that too <laughs> she, like most of most of the shots of her yeah a lot are, of like sexually not explicit but suggestive shots definitely yeah she's, she's just eye candy and i remember playing um resident evil 5 co-op with a, with a friend at the time and there was mm-hmm. even a joke on a uh old revision 3 show uh web, web zeros yeah where the where one of the characters goes is like playing online resident evil 5 online with a friend it's like okay when do you cop uh I'll be I'll be Chris, you you be Sheva. And it was like, and he's like, What? No, I'm not gonna look at her ass. And he <laughs> and, and he does the like kinda like <laughs> I might do that. Uh, uh it's all 
Yeah. I mean, that honestly, that's totally the market they were marketing that game too. That's back when everyone was trying to chase the Call of Duty money. It was all about the Dew Bro Mountain Dew stuff. And what better way to appeal to that market than to make one guy just the buff, you know, I want to be this man because he has the muscles and the other one just be the eye candy to ogle at for 12 hours of the campaign. So, yeah, I that's what they were shooting for. Hopefully, if they ever make a Resident Evil 5 remake, they shoot in a different direction because I think there are pieces in 5 that you can you can salvage, but you got to really start that thing from the ground up. And same thing for 6, which I don't want to go go on how many things need to change in 6, but good god, they really need to do a lot to that game to bring it in line with the current uh lineage of remakes, but um uh, in any that's case, nice. Yeah, I'm I'm two minutes at two minute, uh, at six oh two. Um, I put it in the VG chat. Two minutes in, I'm already fucking angry. And oh. I then I I mean it just shows how just how calm like how mellow mellowed out it took or, or how by the time it was, like it took maybe five ten minutes after the after they moved on to the next thing. I was like, you know what? Maybe maybe I'll give it a chance. Maybe maybe I'll buy it. Because Raul made a great point that with RE2 and RE3 remake, they there were a lot there were a lot of changes. Mm-hmm. Like, or there were either minor changes in the case of two, or major changes in terms of, or bigger changes in terms of three. Yeah. Yeah. And like, there's the whole thing with Krauser, like his how he just shows up and you're like who is this and he's just like an old, an old partner of, Le- of leon's yeah then, that's very strange and then he's like i was wondering i just i thought i wonder if they're going to take some of the stuff they did with him in uh, i think it was dark side chronicles yeah which was the uh, light light gun shooter i played a good bit of that too yeah i remember that yeah i, I bought sure I, I bought a um playstation move <laughs> just to play that on ps3 and I, d- I ended up not playing it ah damn <laughs> that's how it is sometimes but yeah um yeah i maybe they'll take the opportunity to kind of clear up some stuff arrange things to where they make a little bit more sense because even when i first played re4 i was like who the fuck is this guy and why is he like so important in the narrative that we're stopping to interact with him but yeah there's a lot of opportunities for expansion alteration and so on and so forth in RE4. I'm excited to see what opportunities they take. And at the end of the day, let's keep it real. Not, unlike Resident Evil 1 through 3, RE4, you can still play today. And not only can you still play it, you can play it on the same exact console you own. So it's not like a it's not like one of these things where they're replacing RE4 with this one. RE4 you can play, it's the most widely available game. Probably one of the most widely available games of all time. So like it won't do anything to tarnish the legacy of the old one unless it's god awful, which I don't think it will be. Even if it ends up being like kind of middling, like a lot of people looked at for Resident Evil 3, I still think it can be good. I still think it'll be worthy, even if it's an RE3 situation, because that game still, people can still like that game. I know a cult would Javay like that game, referring to his video again. So, yeah, so, I have things. high hopes. Mm-hmm. Last two things. Yes. Um, there is a, I don't know, uh, well, the Resident Evil 4 PC HD project is already finished, which is just up-resing, like, or not, not even up-resing, just upgrading the visuals of the game. 
yeah like, textures specifically the textures they're redrawing all the textures yeah and like this is not even an official like capcom thing it's just a fan thing yeah and it took several years <laughs> because of it and it it, it looks not, looks great so if even if you want if you don't want to play the remake and want to just play the old one for maybe the 50th time like me <laughs> and just play with better textures you can do that yeah and i'm gonna i'm saying this now because i know i just need to say it i know they're gonna make a change to the, to the chief mendez boss battle and i can't i'm looking forward to it wait which one is that is that's that the one mm-hmm. that's the one with um or that's that the one he's a that's, bug no that's the one with um with the big man in the overcoat or in the the, the giant dude who oh and... in the barn yeah okay i remember that i remember that yeah i yeah because the first time i played that was actually a stopping point like i kind of got stuck on that boss battle because i didn't really understand how to get through it but yeah maybe if they make that a little bit more understandable to new folks that will definitely help but one of the many changes they can make but uh yeah we'll see how that is shaping up later on i'm sure we'll see some gameplay probably game awards or something um we will definitely see more of this at some point soon so look out for that and the video i keep referencing a thorough look at resident evil uh noah call or dervais video i have that linked in the description as well as hyper time the podcast one more day uh that's both in the description down there so you can go ahead and check those out but uh, then rest uh-huh. rest in peace to uh hd wait what is that that was the like the old meta game within resident evil 4 where I was just managing the attache case. Oh, you, uh, that's the that's like the uh, briefcase with all the inventory. Yeah. Oh, OK. Someone made I, I don't know what it's called. Forgive me. But someone made a steam game where it's a mini game that is literally just the inventory from RE4. And it's literally just arranging things to where they all fit in the right slot. Um, and that was a whole game. I, I don't know what it's called. But shout out to them. Go play that if you really want to go play that thing. They might. Honestly, I'll tell you right now, that's one thing I would keep. I think that was simple enough and fun enough and kind of a little meta game for people. I think that's one thing that they keep in this remake. Yeah, I mean, like they kind of ruined it with uh, five. Yeah, well, actually, yeah, five. It was way too simple. It was just five boxes rather than like Tetris. I think Tetris is what made it fun. Um, And then they even they made it even simpler in later games and then it just took away the metagame fun of it i think they keep it in there especially if they're trying to like bring new players in to why the fourth game was cool or good i, I will see I, didn't they do something so i i i think it's because I, and it has to do with the fact that i haven't played the game in a while but didn't they wasn't didn't it sort of make her turn in seven uh n- i don't think or I a little bit it's it, it, it was more of a thing in seven than eight where seven, there were some things that took up two blocks, but it, it never got as complicated as it does get in the late game of RE8, or not RE8, of RE4, where like you you have like different things that are like very, they vary in size very widely. So like some things only take up two blocks, some things take up 12 blocks, and you have to like arrange everything that way. I remember in RE7, they had a similar inventory system, but it was very, it was still very simple, where it was only, things could only be like maybe four blocks at a time. So, uh, or up to four blocks and then things could be one block and so on and so forth. So 
Um, yeah, slightly different, but you know, it is what it is there. We'll see how much of that they bring forward or change up in the next game. But um, we've talked about just the first announcement of this thing for a very long time. Uh, so let's go ahead and talk about uh, some of these other announcements that came through for this state of play. Uh, so the next thing here, uh, these are going to be kind of quick hits. They showed way back to back a bunch of PSVR games that are going to be coming. Um, the first one being Resident Evil Village coming to PlayStation VR 2 as well. Um, uh, this isn't like the craziest thing in the world. I actually played RE Village on PC. So if I pick it up on PS4, it's going to be a new save and everything. But I enjoyed the ride that was RE Village. I thought that game was great. And I can't wait to see Lady D tower over me. I'm very excited for that. <laughs> Literally the first thing I thought when I saw this. Um, now, I don't know. Uh, first off, do you think you would even want to play RE Village in VR? Like, I, I, I forget what your feeling on RE Village was last time we talked about it. But we did talk about it and you were, like, thinking about it, if not trying it. Oh, no, no. Last time we talked about it, I'd, I'd already been in the game. That's it. That's it. I, I, I love Resident Evil 8. Yeah, Resident Evil is really good. Aside from that one, the one little area that just scared me too much. Uh, is it the one with the baby? Yes, it's the yeah the, the specific area or zone where you have no weapons. Yeah, talk about a throat goat. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's a horrible joke. Um, but yeah, uh, that particular sequence I would not like to see in VR. That will probably be too terrifying for me, and it would be a struggle to get out of it. But um. I feel like this is a really good fit. I I think all the Resident Evil games kind of lend themselves pretty well to VR. So this is another good move. But um, I don't know. There's really not much to say. We already know what the game is. It's just going to be cool to see how they adapt into VR. So that's pretty neat. Um, the next one right after that, Walking Dead Saints and Sinners 2 Retribution coming to PSVR this year, which is crazy because that first game came out in like what? Like either 2020 or 2019 it feels like it came out not that long ago so to see it's I, already getting a sequel good on that I don't, I don't yeah like i i know it came out came to steam vr and all that and oculus vr and all that i don't mm -hmm. know if it if the if the sequel has been announced like if it's a ps vr 2 exclusive which i, I mean I, I doubt it is but i would assume that anything that is announced here is either a psvr exclusive or a PSVR 2 specifically, it's either an exclusive to that platform or it's timed exclusive. And that kind of ties into the marketing. Or in the case of some of these games, like in the case of RE4, uh, the remake, they announced that and that thing's coming to Steam the same day, Xbox the same day. Like they just leave it out of this presentation because, you know, it's PlayStation. So very well, Walking Dead Saints and Sinners 2, since that came out on everything back in the day, I feel like it's safe to assume eventually it will come to everything, even if it is timed. No Man's Sky, uh, which is the next thing right after that. No Man's Sky is coming to PSVR 2. I don't know about that one because I know that one came to the first PSVR. And I, I just remember that being a big deal. I just don't know if it came to Oculus Rift. Plus, this is the first. I will point this out because I had a question about this for PSVR 2. Um, how many of these PSVR games that I already own and haven't been playing can I get on the PSVR 2? How many of these old games can I play on the new thing? And this is one where it seems like they're just bringing forward support. It doesn't feel like, oh, this is just a port of that, of that work, or it feels like it's a new thing. Like, it feels like it's weird to call it a new SKU for PlayStation VR 2 because it's not, that's not the case. 
but it seems like development work is being done to support the new headset which makes me think okay so now if we're trying to get these old psvr games on the psvr 2 it's going to take some development work it's not a one-two punch um it's not a simple process so makes me a little bit nervous because literally this week i bought some psvr games that i could totally pick up my headset and play them right now but part of me is like bro vr2 it's coming so maybe i'll wait um so yeah we'll see about that um hopefully it's good uh i'm not even gonna say hopefully it's good everyone if you like no man's sky you know no man's sky is great so um that's not even the question but i just want to see psvr2 i want to see some demos of it i want to see that price i want to see that release date i want to get my hands on it myself so you know it is what it is there so yeah also saints and sinners i will say shout out to saints and sinners one if you picked it up on playstation plus a while back it was totally free so go ahead and check that one out too um but yeah very excited to see what's popping with that one so yeah and the last psvr2 thing that i'll point out uh we have horizon call of the wild that got some gameplay here um and honestly it looks fine it's decent gameplay um it it looks a lot more active than i expected um i people if you've seen horizon gameplay then you know it's a game where you're dodge rolling a lot you're ducking machines you're sliding under stuff you're trying to pop off shots real quick and it's really frantic in a satisfying way bringing that into vr i don't know how active i can be in this thing i'm gonna keep it real with you like seeing them now they weren't doing dodge rolls in the middle of the apartment in the demo or anything like that but there was a lot of sliding to the side there's a lot of like moving your body to dodge shots and i'm just like man i don't know if i'm trying to be that active while playing you know a triple a video game experience i know half-life alex is kind of similar to horizon in that way but I just don't know if I'm down for that much range of motion. It looks super pretty. It looks super fun. There's no Aloy or any familiar characters to speak of in this in this uh, presentation, but it looks like it's good. I just don't know if I'm down for that type of gameplay. Uh, what did you think about any of these PSVR games after the Resident Evil stuff or just Horizon itself? Um, I'm I'm not really. I'm I'm starting to fizzle out on VR. Ah, really? Like you're losing interest, or you're just like, oh man, that's gonna make me sick. Um bit of both like it's mainly the fact that i i there's really nothing i i want to mm-hmm. i don't i don't want to experience a lot of these games in vr like i and i don't i'm starting to lose interest on vr as a concept huh. you know i understand that i i feel that it's not that i'm losing interest in vr because like the concept of vr still excites me a whole lot like even these vr games i just bought right now i'm I'm itching to play them enough to where I'm like, man, I might just boot up my current headset and play them right now. Like VR games still sounds like a fun concept to me. But the last time I jumped into VR, I got sick very easily. And it makes me think that my tolerance for VR head or whatever, did my tolerance go down? Because I haven't been playing VR often at all. Um, Maybe I need to start taking Dramamine while I'm playing VR like one of those people. I thought I was so great because I didn't have to take anything to be able to just play VR normally. And now I get fucked up if I try to play. So I don't know, man. I, I'm i I'm interested, but tentatively now. Just just a little insight into what the last, uh, into my VR experience. Mm. When, I put, when I put on my uh, Oculus Quest, I refuse to call it the, what it's currently known as. Yeah. I, I, I'll either 
go into um, big screen VR and like watch like just sit in a virtual room, like a, a private virtual room, and watch Star Trek or Doctor Who or Yu Gi Oh. Mm-hmm. Because that is actually one of the, that that appeals to me more than playing games in VR. Yeah, I totally because get that. At least in in this in that VR, like in the v, the VR world, I literally do not have to. I like I turn like occasionally the the Roomba the Roomba thing will will make its rotation around me. Mm, yeah, then, I got you. Then I like I look like whatever house I I live in. By the time VR gets better, or will not. Or will not be able to have a personal theater <laughs> that you just look up at. That and the most of the environment, like homes and stuff in big screen VR, hmm. are better than most homes I've been in, including my own. That's true. Same here. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I will say I think that's a big reason why companies and such are starting to be interested in VR, where you can have those, you can replicate real life experiences and just like chill personal space type of experiences with really with enough detail to where it can be interesting for someone to want to visit um, where games are kind of like games are always looking for the next gimmick technologically to make their game stand out. Um, So I understand why we're moving in that direction on one side, but what you're talking about, I think is closer to what the PC VR space is doing, you know, stuff like VR chat and stuff like that. Um, I think on PlayStation side, I would be super surprised if they were like, Hey everybody, VR chat is coming to PlayStation because Jesus fucking Christ, would that just be such a shit show where because VR chat is like a very popular application on PC, but people just use whatever assets they want as characters. People dress up in there as like copywritten characters from all types of things. So the second that hits a major home console, that could cause some issues. Um, And then at the same point, you already do have some stuff where it's not like a licensing nightmare, but you got some stuff like Rec Room that's already on PlayStation VR. Uh, and I really enjoyed Rec Room back when I played it back in the day, but Rec Room is so much, it's so much farther, way past what VR is. That thing's on Xbox consoles. That thing's on mobile. It's on every device at this point. So, um, you know, there's going to be spaces like that for you, I'm very sure, when it comes to PSVR 2. But I don't think you need to go specifically to PSVR 2 for those types of experiences. That's what Oculus Rift is for, definitely. So yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully, um, hopefully PSVR 2 is good. I feel like we still know so little about that device, despite knowing about multiple games at this point. Um, but hey, maybe they'll announce that later this summer. And if not, definitely later this year. Um, but anyway, on to the next little section here. This one's a really quick one. Um, these are two talking about some games that already exist. Uh, the first announcement that they made, this one's the more low-key one, Rise of Forbidden West came out a couple months ago, just got a new update today uh, with a bunch of little small quality of life improvements. We got New Game Plus is finally coming, so all your legendary gear that you get by the end of that game, you can bring that gear into a New Game Plus playthrough, which is super dope. Uh, they got a new ultra hard difficulty. Uh, if you really want, if you thought that game was too easy and you just want to hate yourself, then please hate yourself. Um, I don't know why I said it like that, but um, that's exciting, I'd say. Uh, then we also have uh, new, ooh, 
there's a bunch of new rewards for playing in New Game Plus as well. Uh, you get new weapons, you get new dyes, and you get new face paints as well. The thing I'm super excited for, transmogification for all of your armors, because Al, I know you just started uh, Forbidden West, right? Yeah, I last time I I'm, I'm taking a little break from it because I realized that I'm playing it on a little bit of a higher difficulty than I was uh, Zero Dawn. Yes, because I was. Just, in it for the story and I'm the combat is starting to make me less inclined to continue like with when I, I had I had it set on story mode ah uh, yeah yeah and I was just bin, basically just binging the game yeah <laughs> you don't want to ruin the experience for yourself and I was experience basically just exper experiencing it as an inter interactive movie mm -hmm. and right now I'm I don't know that like the difficulty stuff and the um that the feed haptic feedback yeah haptic feedback yeah that's another PS5 exclusive feature it just feels weird because I didn't exper I didn't experience that with um Zero Dawn as well mm. yeah I mean it kind of brings it forward to a different like I don't know different type of tone different type of vibe uh it is I'll say this. Horizon Forbidden West, the combat is a lot more, I was going to say intense, but I think the word I'd say is involved, where the first game felt very simple in how you fight things. This game feels like there's a lot more going on, both in the moment-to-moment -moment combat, but also like statistically, like there's a lot more stats attached to your, what you're wearing, what your weapons are doing, like all types of little trinkets and such, and so much stuff going on with upgrades and whatnot. There's a lot to be balancing, so... Um, I don't blame you for putting it on story mode, but if you do, cause here's the thing, I don't want you to like binge through the whole franchise and then you're like, oh, I'm tired of, I'm tired of horizon right now. Cause I almost did that with gears of war. When I played that whole series in a year after gears of war four, I was like, all right, I am fucking done. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Cause I took a break after gears of war four and then I played five and it kind of rejuvenated me. Um, so we'll also see. my, my ADHD won't let me stick with a consistent game <laughs> hey when we get into the what we're playing segment i will relate to you wholeheartedly because i have not played a consistent game this whole fucking week because, uh mm -hmm. or just a little thing i literally as of like two two three months ago i just i saw i self-diagnosed as adhd ah. and i i brought it up to my psychiatrist and basically was told I never, I never, th never thought of, of that. Wait, the psychiatrist said I never thought of that. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to say. Either you do really good at hiding it, or sh they are blind. <laughs> One of the two. Oh boy. But in any case, I mean, yeah, it's it's hard to like stick onto a game. But hey, now you have more reasons to come back. I, I will say for transmog because this is something you may or may not have come across in Forbidden West already. Whenever you get a new armor, like you're constantly upgrading your armor, you're constantly trying to get the best set for your playstyle at the moment. I can't tell you how many times where I would see an armor that has better stats, but I'm like, oh, but this one's prettier. And I would just give myself worse stats and not care because the armor that I have is prettier. Uh, now I didn't have now I won't have to make that choice with transmogification. You could just put the pretty aesthetics onto the most effective armor. Uh, too bad I've already platinum that game. <laughs> so I yeah. will say though, I'm very like it's for me. It's very early days. Like I'm, 
I'm not even at the point where I I meet up with Aaron yet. Oh God, you got I, a while ago. I, I literally just uh, finished the mission where or the quest with um with the um with like the workers in the camp. Th- with yeah, with the um like the guy who's leading the strike. Yeah, his um the little secret that he didn't want to get it then didn't want to get out. <sighs> yes, I'm aware. Okay, and yeah, I'm like you're super early then. Yeah, and I'm like, I want, I want to see where, where, does, where does this go? And and I notice cannot progress due to um, embassy, the embassy not being a thing yet. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're gonna get in that opening section. You'll your instinct is gonna be to, oh, let me do everything here while I'm here, and then they'll block you off from a couple things. Plus, there's some gadgets and whatnot that you can use in that area that you don't have access yet, access to yet because you haven't explored the world a little more. So. Uh, yeah, you're probably going to save that for later, but yeah, take your time with that game. It's fun. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I'm excited for that new content in Forbidden West. Hopefully we'll be getting a full scale update with like some new content. I would be, I would gladly play for DLC for this game. Uh, give me another like frozen wilds type expansion. I would love it. Give me a, a level cap to play around with. Uh, then I can play around with this transmogrification even more. So yeah, definitely happy and excited for that. And then another old game that is giving a little bit of life injected into it, a surprise reveal, because uh, rumors have already been swirling earlier this week that Returnal was coming to PC, because uh, on the Steam backend, uh, an entry got put up there with a bunch of Returnal-sounding words in it. And then they say, hey, a PlayStation Cult Classic is coming to PC, and we're all excited. We're like, what the fuck is this? Insomniac pops up. So I'm like, oh shit, is Ratchet finally coming to PC? And then Marvel pops up, and what do you know? Marvel Spider-Man, both the remastered and the Miles Morales... Excuse me. Oh, my God. I keep burping into the mic. God damn it. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Spider-Man remastered and Miles Morales are both coming to PC this year. Spider-Man remastered is the first one coming on August 12th. Then Miles Morales is coming later in the fall. Uh, Crazy. I wonder if it'll be playable on Steam Deck. I guarantee you. I mean, what Days Gone is play is Days Gone is verified on Steam Deck. God of War is verified on Steam Deck. Death Stranding verified on Steam Deck. This Horizon. game is probably. Oh yeah, the first Horizon also yeah verified on Steam Deck or at least yeah. playable. They're all at least playable, so I expect this one to be too. Yeah, I think isn't God of War the main the big the big one that that's verified. Yes, that's probably the biggest title Sony has on Steam that's verified for Steam Deck. So, yeah, it's definitely going to it's going to get a lot of play on Steam Deck. I feel like I mean, I love Spider-Man. I I platinum both of those games. Actually, I haven't platinum Marvel. I haven't platinum Miles Morales yet, which I need to get around to, actually. Um, But I played the hell out of those games. I love them both. I don't know if I would replay them because I thought I would replay. horizon the first game because i bought it on pc a while back and then i realized oh wait i don't actually want to replay this entire game (laughs) i just wanted to see how it looked like on pc and my pc doesn't run well enough to make horizon look noticeably better than on a ps5 so um yeah we'll see how i feel about the spider-man thing i'm most excited about the mods i can't wait for the videos to come out i already said it on twitter i want someone to take the the spider-verse skin that's in miles morales and kind of reverse engineer that and put that entire like low frame rate look to the entire game. I want all of Miles Morales to look like Spider-Verse. I oh, don't God. know. 
I don't I know how long that'll take, but I I'm here for it. I have a feeling that someone's gonna like mod in the soundtrack to, into the Spider Verse. God, I hope so. Please, just give me a good Corday verse as he's falling down a fucking skyscraper. <laughs> I would love that. Oh man, I would live for that. So yeah, can't wait for people. To, they're gonna do some crazy stuff. It's been you know how long it's been since we've had just a regular ass Spider Man game on PC. Cause like I forget that like the Amazing Spider Man games from like the Andrew Garfield era did those come to PC? I'm gonna look that up right now while I'm thinking about it. I think they were, but they but they were later delisted because of Marvel, um, Marvel and Activision not renewing the uh, their license. That is true. That is true. Yeah, you are right. It did come to PC at some point, but it's no longer available. Uh, yeah, I I think PC has been. They've been starred for some really, really good Spider-Man games just in general. I'll say that people were really thirsting for Spider-Man to come to PC back in the day. Uh, and then Insomniac had to be like, yeah, it's not coming to PC ever <laughs> back in like 2017. And now here we are all these years later. I thought you were going to say people were thirsting for MJ. <laughs> everyone, hey, everyone has their own Spider-Man female equivalent that they're thirsting for. But um yeah in the case of in the case of spider-man i'm very happy for the pc people i think this is like the golden goose that was so golden that no one thought it would happen at least not for a while but to see that they're going to be putting spider-man on pc so early that's the thing that gets me like what this all started with horizon back in like what 2020 maybe and in that time we've gotten death stranding we've gotten god of war we've gotten uh days gone which is you know lower key but still you know part of the process we're already at Spider-Man. It feels like it's so quick that we got the crown jewel of the PlayStation exclusive lineup is already on PC. It feels like it's uh, all downhill from here in a good way. You're forgetting a certain game. Ooh, what am I forgetting? I said Days Gone. I said God of War. I said Horizon 1. I said Death Stranding. A, a classic remake of a JRPG. Oh, uh, uh, Final Fantasy 7, right? The remake? Yeah, that hit PC, but that's more of a Square Enix thing I'm thinking of. That's Square Enix wanting some money, which I respect that. But as far as like the Sony exclusive stuff goes, where it's like it's Sony published specifically, I feel like it's just we're in a new future where everything comes to PC now. And I hope that this means that later on, because here's what I want in a perfect world. I want Bluepoint and Nixus to start working together since they're both under the PlayStation umbrella anyway. I want them to start working together bring all these playstation 3 games that are trapped on that system bring them forward give me the resistance trilogy bring it the ps5 but then put it on pc so you can double dip do that for resistance do that for starhawk slash warhawk do that for shit all these random indies do that for fat princess why not put out a good 20 dollar fat princess remaster i would play the fuck out of that i don't care um all these random ps3 games i talk about i would I love, love to see that super <laughs> maybe not super rub it up that thing or literally sprint. wait which one championship sprint i do not remember championship sprint was that another random like tech demo game it was a oh, God, i think it, i'm pretty sure it was a like it, it, it had to have been a ps3 launch like psn launch game because hmm. i I'm uh, pretty... 2007 it came out yeah like there's an infamous gamescoop um song that Greg Miller and Damon Hatfield saying where it was like one game being worse than the other with oh, the I'm infamous looking, line. I'm the looking at line, this game. Yeah, go ahead. With the infamous line, Donum didn't like the dub. 
Oh, God. I mean, look, I'm looking at the IGN review of this, actually, and they rated it. Out of 10, they gave it a 2.8. So, like, I, this one the, the main difference staying in the back. It was really, uh, like, a, a point, a 0. 0.1 difference. One was 2.8, one was 2.9, and one, the other was 2.8. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. What... I don't even understand that arbitrary scoring system, but yeah, this isn't something that anyone should bring back. Plus, this isn't even a Sony developed thing. This is Midway and Atari. So, oh god, none of those companies exist anymore. <laughs> exactly. And hey, for games like this, maybe for good reason. Uh, well, I actually, feel like it. actually, I, I correct myself. Um, Warner Brothers owns most of, or Warner Warner Brothers owns most of Midway, I believe. And yeah, it was like split between. Um, Warner Brothers and Namco Bandai. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And then what? I think Atari still is around, but they just barely do anything. Like they're just chill- kicking back and saying they're going to make a hotel and then canceling it after a year and a half. Um, Konami does more than them. Yeah, uh, yeah. Honestly, Atari is more of a Konami nowadays, and like you said, they do more than them. So. Uh, yeah, we'll see what pops off later on with that one. Uh, but yeah, the Spider-Man remaster, the whole PlayStation bringing stuff to PC. I love that pipeline. And hopefully eventually that means that we get more super old games coming to PC and also PS5 while they're at it. So, yeah, other than that, um, we're, let's leave these games that are like, you know, done deals, games that we already know about. And let's move on to some more exciting coming up titles here. And the next one here. This is we actually got a leak of this release date, so this isn't too big of a surprise. But there is another aspect to it. Uh, Stray, the little indie Annapurna kitty cat game where you just walk around this little sci fi place as a nice little orange cat. Uh, It comes out July 19th. And not only that, day one on PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium. Um, I'm excited for it. That I mean, I was already looking for it. The story, it already looked kind of fun, cute, interesting. But it's day one on Extra and Premium. And I'm already locked into a good two or three years of it. Like, yeah, let's fucking go. <laughs> I bought a lot of PlayStation now, like right before they cut off the exploit for it. Um, but yeah, this is great news. I think this is awesome. And a lot of a lot more people are going to be playing Stray than they would have otherwise. So, yeah. So, so you could say Stray is day one-ish? Yeah, a day, <laughs> definitely. I would say it's day one-ish. Uh, yeah. Are you excited for Stray as well? Uh, I, I think I feel like everyone's going to play it probably. But uh, what's what's your vibe on it? I, I wasn't going to play it like I wasn't going to buy it because mm-hmm. um, I, like I dig I dig the vibe certainly like, but it it looked too bizarre to me mm, like too surreal it didn't seem grounded enough well, no more more along lines of this game there's something alien about this mm, and, that's and, and and that's up and that's that's mainly I I I assume it's selling it's selling point yeah, you're I mean, seeing, it, it, you're seeing it, everything from from the perspective of this cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm assuming the much of the game is going to be about exploring this weird environment, this weird world, and seeing why is it different. Like, I don't know if it's hey, we're just an alien planet, and it is what it is, or is this Earth under some different circumstances that led to robots walking around like they're humans, and these weird slime monster bug things walking around. Like, I feel like that's going to be part of the story, and I'm excited to see what the story is. Hopefully, because it is a day one PlayStation Plus Extra slash Premium, I'm interested to see, is this thing going to be like 
I hope it's not like a 12 hour thing. I'm hoping this is a solid like five to eight hours. I hope this thing's pretty brief because I feel like something like this could overstay its welcome pretty quickly. Um, I can't imagine the gameplay variety here would be that high. So hopefully it's, it's short, sweet to the point, And, you know, I can check it off of my list and see if I like it. But uh, yeah, I'm interested in it and I will definitely be playing it day one uh, since I have access to it. So very excited for it. Uh, and with that, we're going to move on to the next thing in the state of play. And that is, uh, this one's kind of a surprise. People, Game Informer has had the exclusive on this one. They've been talking about it for a little while here. But we're finally seeing some in-engine gameplay of the Callisto, I think it's Callisto, Callisto Protocol. Uh, this is the not Dead Space, Dead Space game from previously uh, a lot of the Sledgehammer devs and Sledgehammer games. They Actually, is it Sledgehammer? No, Visceral is what I'm thinking of. Uh, Visceral Games, ex-employees, uh, Visceral was the original developer of the Dead Space trilogy. Uh, so this just looks like another one of those. And set in the PUBG universe. It actually is no longer set in the PUBG universe. Um, really? Yes, they announced that I think sometime last week because um, long story short, it was set in the PUBG universe, but it was like thousands and thousands and thousands of years into the future. And because it was so far into the future and they had such like widespread liberty with it, they were like, all right, there's really no reason to like keep that as a part of the game. So they just cut off all ties from the PUBG universe since it was so self-contained already. Um, but yeah, now they're free from that. It's completely their own product. And it looks cool. Like, I'm I'm a coward. People know this. I don't play a lot of horror games. I don't I don't consume a lot of horror media at all. But this game looks neat. Like, I think I'm starting to become a horror fan in games specifically because seeing some fucked up shit in a game is different than seeing it in like a live action film. And I can fuck with that. But like this just looks really like it, it looks nice and chunky in the way that Dead Space used to be, where it was all about like this gore and stuff. And it was really like sticky and crunchy and in some really unpleasant ways. And this seems like it's hitting a similar vibe. Some of these monster designs were just really fucked up. Like that one monster that just bit this guy's face off. Like, ugh. it made me wince, but in a way where I was like, oh, that's that's fucked up. But like with a smile. <laughs> And so, yeah, I can just imagine myself like shooting all these weird, creepy crawlies. Um, they all got like worms crawling through their heads and such. And like they're peeling off of the walls and there's like the sticky strings coming off. Like it, it's just it's it's tickling those Dead Space vibes where I feel like this is going to be so horrifying. It's going to be just as fun to like fuck these things up as it will be to see the new crazy creature design around the corner so um yeah i'm interested in this one it's coming out december 2nd which i can't believe this thing's coming out this year holy fuck but with a release date that late i could easily see that shit getting pushed but um we'll see i'm hopeful for it i'm optimistic for it and uh yeah it looks very very dope what say you about the calisco protocol um i'm not playing too, too scary, <laughs> too scary. You know what? I respect that. I respect that. And hey, like I said before, I usually am too afraid of something like this. And parts of this trailer, I was like, oh, that's too that's too much. But I think video games, especially, you know, stuff like the Resident Evil franchise, stuff like that, stuff like Dead Space, for as scary as it can be, they let you fight back. And fighting back is fun in and of itself. 
so I can kind of sit there and go through the tenseness, go through the scares, go through the suspense and be okay. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to be able to shoot things back. I'm going to be able to upgrade my character or whatever. I'm going to have those gameplay hooks there. So I'm looking forward to that aspect. And I'm also looking forward to just the creativity of the monster designs and such. I am not going to be looking forward to the prop likely many jump scares and little cheap tricks like that, that just send my heart rate through the roof. Um, but I will be playing this. I will be enjoying it. Don't know if I'll play it at launch, but it's going to be a good game. Believe it. Count on it. <laughs> so yeah, looking forward to that one. And then next up we have uh, a surprise one. No one knew this game was coming uh, from roll seven developer of Ali Ali. Uh, comes Roller Dome. And Al, I was losing my goddamn mind. When I saw the first little snippet of gameplay in this trailer, I literally went, oh! <laughs> like screamed fairly loudly when I saw this shit. Um, basically, for people who haven't seen the trailer yet, I highly recommend you go see it because it is literally a combination of three games that I think are pretty cool. A combination of my friend Pedro, Sable, and Roller Champions. It has the art style of Sable. If you remember Sable from last year, the, the hard outlines, the very peaceful, serene color palette. Uh, it has that art style. It has the gameplay of my friend Pedro, where if you remember my friend Pedro, side-scrolling shooter, uh, but it was very physics-based. It was a lot of slow motion flipping while you're shooting things. Um, it's a lot of that. And it's also Roller Champions. So it's 3D. And you're rollerblading the entire time, but you have a bunch of different guns and you're, sh and you're like going off of ramps and shooting people with your guns and just doing a lot of slow-mo fucking John Woo Matrix 1 backflip action. And it's absolutely my shit. Um, it, it is a brilliant concept that I'm surprised it hasn't been... Has it been made of, to a game yet? Yeah. Like, we're, we're here in 2022 um, DC. Mm-hmm. DC. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I'm surprised that this is only now just becoming a thing. Um, but I feel like we've been on our way here for a while now. Because what? I just thought about all these games. Like, this is very much giving vibes of my friend Pedro. And I dug that game for a lot of similar reasons. And also, go back in time and think of something like, um, what is it? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Fuck, what's the game? Oh, Max Payne. Like, Max Payne has popularized the dive, shoot, and slow motion thing a long-ass time ago, back in, like, 2001. So the fact that we're coming back around and that's now in vogue once again, um, I think that's awesome. I think more games should let you shoot things in slow motion while doing acrobatics. And so, uh, yeah, I'm totally can't, can't be more excited about this goddamn game. I wonder if Roller Dome is coming to, like, a Game Pass or maybe a PlayStation Plus Extra Slash Premium. Um, it totally seems like a type of game that would show up on that service. But in all honesty, this is a game that looks badass enough to where I would probably just pick it up on its own. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that one. Comes out August 16th, so we don't have that much longer to wait. Uh, and yeah, kicks a lot of ass, so shout out to that. Uh, any? Oh, wait. Here, we'll go on to the next one. Uh, the next game here, Turn Nights, is out in early 2023. Uh, and my notes on this one, it just looks very anime. Uh, and it kind of reminds me of uh, Assault Spy, if anyone remembers Assault Spy. Um, actually, I don't know if you'll remember it. Long story short, it's this random Steam game, very obscure. It's like a low-budget thing. 
And it's basically an anime, like, Devil May Cry slash Bayonetta-like, where it's melee combat action. But, like, I swear to God, the art style looks almost exactly like Assault Spy. Um, if you want to go look that up on Steam, you can. It, it it has that type of art style, but this game might actually be turn-based. I'm still not entirely sure. I've been looking at gameplay for Return Nights here. I don't know what type of game this is supposed to be. <laughs> so, I I don't know. Do you have any thoughts opinions did did a turn nights do anything for you god no <laughs> I, I i i watched it and i'm like and i just thought please don't fall asleep you gotta yeah do you gotta do players club don't fall asleep <laughs> don't fall asleep good like, god i've been up since 3 a.m yesterday oh my god you're a fucking trooper good lord all right well in that case, yeah, that one definitely put you to sleep. And I'm not going to be as harsh to say that it put me to sleep, but it definitely didn't, like, get me perked up in any way. It was just I mean, like, God, oh, it's fine. These games have their audience, the, the, the audience that will buy the game and have a great time with the game. Yeah, exactly. Mundo. I think like, this game will be well-received. I just don't. It's not for me. <laughs> yeah, it, um, like. What was the uh, what was what was the game we were talking about uh, during Game of the Year that um, that no one played that oh, like Scarlet Nexus Scarlet yeah that's it right there I, ha- I gave me it gave me a lot of Scarlet Nexus vibes in yeah. terms of, in terms of like not like plot wise well what sort of plot wise just anime with combat <laughs> yeah yeah I totally get that and just looking at it I still can't tell if this is a like Scarlet Nexus, is this a Bayonetta type game? Is this like a melee action combat? Or is this a turn-based action game? I see some visual novel panels here and there. Um, but I also see in-engine people moving and talking as well. But then I also see actual anime, like cartoon art. But then I also see like vehicle controls and stuff. Like they're driving in these underground caves. Like, I don't know entirely what to make of this, but... It looks interesting. I'm sure there's a lot of people that perked up at this game, and it doesn't look like it's based off of a different... uh, It doesn't seem like it's based off of like an existing anime or something. Um, Looking at the description here, it says it promises to be a collision of action games and dating sims. So that's definitely a great market there. You will definitely get some people with that pitch, but eh, seems fine. It, It seems fine to me, which... Fine is totally acceptable if the niche is right, if you hit the right market. So I'm sure it will hit the right market. It's just not us. <laughs> so yeah, and with that, we'll move on to another big, exciting reveal. Maybe not as exciting for me personally, but I definitely saw some merit in this. Uh, Street Fighter Six got a full-ass reveal here. I am very surprised. I thought Street Fighter Six looked really, really dope, really interesting. I don't know what to make of it because, like... I've never played a Street Fighter game in my life. The only fighting game I've played with any type of passion is Virtual Fighter 4, I think, when it came out on PS3 as a launch title. I got all the trophies in that for some reason. Um, and I'm not including stuff like, you know, Nickelodeon All-Stars. I'm not including PlayStation All-Stars. I'm not including any of those, like, Smash likes. But yeah, Street Fighter 6 looks really good. This art style, it looks hyper real, yet super stylized. They got like a lot of the paint splashes popping off whenever you hit somebody. Um, And just the character models themselves, they look like, kind of like, the word I want to use is it reminds me of Gears of War character models, where everyone's like very buff, very wide, but 
in a way that is still kind of cool. Like when I say Gears of War, I don't mean Gears of War One. I mean like Gears of War Five when like some characters were allowed to not be the most broad-shouldered motherfucker in the world. Um, where you had characters like Kate Diaz, who was more or less like slightly more than normal proportion rather than a bus that walks. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I really dig it. And also there's like some third person behind the camera walking around in a big open environment. Seems like it's like a social space thing where maybe you're walking up to people and challenging them on the street. Has like a hip hoppy vibe, kind of reminds me of like a market goes getting up <laughs> or something like that. Um, it's weird. It's interesting. It's it's a direction I never expected from Street Fighter, but it has me intrigued. I don't think I'm excited to play this at all. I, like I said, I'm not a fighting game guy, but I I want to see more. I definitely want to see more. Uh, what what do you think about the Street Fighter Six? Um, well, just a little preface. Mm-hmm. Back in what 2000 was it 2009 when or 2008 when Street Fighter Four got announced. Um, that sounds right. I was I was a, I was a, I was super hyped for. Uh, Street Fighter 4 to the point where I bought that and instantly regretted it because I am terrible at fighting games. My, 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 reflexes, yeah, my reflexes are um, I'm just bad. not good. At, yeah, they're <laughs> bad. I'm just the last good, like last fighting game I was really good at was Tekken 3. Dude, I played a little bit of Tekken 6 on the PSP actually, so that's another milestone I forgot about. But yeah, Tekken's pretty good. But I don't know when it's locked to a 2D plane, because I feel like in Tekken, you can sidestep. So there's more options to get away. Or in Street Fighter, it's like, bro, if I can't back up in time, I better block or take the hit. But yeah, I don't I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how Street Fighter goes. It's it's less about like this game actually looks really cool. And I like some of the characters. They got like a really cool looking black woman in this game. They got like some dude with like these cool yellow dreads. I'm fucking with that. But at the end of the day, it's still Street Fighter. And that's the game I would be playing to experience all these cool characters and art styles and such. So it seems uh, like that's our holdup. Honestly, I thought this was at first I thought this was gonna be a boxing game. <laughs> Until you saw Chung Lee. Yeah, like I we I want, like we come in on the um like on the on all the billboard signs and or once once I saw the Capcom sign or logo, I thought, okay, this could be something. Then mm-hmm. we get then we get the character the character who I don't know who the character is that is um at the gym hitting the punching bag. Oh yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, so what could this be a new IP? Yeah. I, I thought that for a split second, but then like I started seeing like some side scrolling stuff and I'm like, oh no, this is an actual fighting game. This must be one of the big ones. And sure enough, Chung Lee popped up soon after. Holy shit. I'm looking at the gameplay of this and like Chung Lee's leggings are tight. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's a lot. I didn't expect to just see that for a split second. Um, in any case, I- I'm gonna stop Thurston. But uh yeah, Street Fighter 4 or Street Fighter 6 looks really solid, looks really good. Um, once again, don't think I'm the market for it. Doesn't seem like you're the market for it either, but god damn, it looks pretty. So yeah, I'm excited to see what that could be when it comes out. Uh, and it comes out this, uh, or actually not this, I think next year, 2023 is all they have on it. Uh, I'm looking at the trailer right now, scrutin' forward. Did they say like summer or anything? um yeah it's just 2023 um 2023 is gonna be a stacked year yeah i'm scared dude (laughs) i'm so terrified 
I'm more worried about Spider-Man 2 and uh, Wolverine. Okay, you don't have to worry about Wolverine because that shit ain't coming out until like either late 2024 or, or, or 2025 nebulous. Um, so it, it was announced at for as or it was announced. Both of them were announced for 2023. No, one Spider-Man was announced for 2023. Wolverine had no release date <laughs> and no release window or anything. Um, people just assumed it was 2023 because Spider-Man got that. But literally in the announcement blog post, they were like, yo, we just started like pre-production on this thing. Like we're not we're super early. We just figured out we're making this. So like everyone it's going to be a while. Um, I will say Insomniac has a quick turnaround. We did get uh, Miles Morales and Ratchet Rift in Time uh, or Rift Apart. We got those pretty close to back to back. So there's a chance. There's a chance. But don't hold your breath. <laughs> People need to fucking live their lives and not just make games forever. <laughs> so I'll say that. Um, but yeah, we'll find out what happens. Uh, so yeah, Sp- uh, Spider-Man. Good God. Street Fighter 6. Uh, looks really nice, but eh, we'll we'll see how that works out. Fighting community is going to love that one, uh, but I don't know about myself. Uh, moving on to some two uh, coming indie games to PlayStation, one of which we've already heard of. The other one we've also heard of, but we didn't have a chance to play it until pretty soon. Um, the first one, Tunic, the Xbox darling that everyone has played on Game Pass. Uh, that is coming to PS4 slash PS5 this September 27th. Um, I have not touched Tunic at all, but it is still on Game Pass right now. I don't know if I'm going to get around to it because I remember I played the demo and playing that demo on Xbox. Oh, my God. It was just not for me. It it just had it was just frustrating in ways that I didn't find appealing. And it, it, it was just it just wasn't a good game to me personally. But everyone else loves Tunic. It is a great game, according to everybody else. And I'm wrong. So uh, more people will be able to see that I'm wrong come september 27th um you can see mm-hmm. or at least see um me play tunic on the vtu.tv website and youtube channel where i was one of the few t- rare times when i actually finally i it was one it was one of the more calming or stress like more relaxing um like talk talking over uh gameplay mm-hmm. videos that i've done Ironic, considering how stressed out that game made me. <laughs> yeah, and you yeah, know what? that that game is not what I thought it was. Yeah, that game is quite different than what I thought it would be. Um, and I'm actually looking at it right now. Uh, I actually did a let's play of it too. So if you want to see two contrasting opinions, maybe of uh, Tunic on uh, on our YouTube channel, I'm gonna go ahead and include both of those in the description as i look them up on our youtube channel right now so uh if you want to see how tunic is according to two random people go ahead and check that out um so yeah other than tunic uh we also have another indie game this one i'm very excited for um it just always looked interesting when i first saw it and now getting even more information here um i am slightly more excited for it despite things we'll talk about um season if you remember season from a couple state of plays ago uh it was like this black woman on a bike in this like nice serene field it looked like it was just going to be like a nice little peaceful maybe light exploration game and i didn't know what it was but now they've released the full title season a letter to the future and it's coming out this autumn 2022 and it's basically the world's about to end and the lady that you're playing as is just archiving the current u.s history for whoever ends up finding it in the future 
So, you know, all the people might leave, but hopefully the memory of what the people made will last past them. Um, didn't know that was a setup for the story. That is a super cool setup, and it makes me really excited to see what they do with that setup because that just sounds super intriguing to me. Um, and I have a quick question. Yes. What happened with the, de the developers? Oh, let me tell you, because I actually put that in the notes here. Remember when the dev had all those issues? Now, this came out, I think this news was from last year sometime as i pull up the gamesindustry.biz article Wait, uh, is, this, is this the game i think it is yeah this is that game that had the controversy yeah now this developer uh the developer's name is scavengers um or scavenger studio and they also are known for making uh what is that battle royale the the darwin project the darwin project which was a solid battle royale they canceled it and they took down the servers but it was a solidly fun game it was good blessing jr was a big advocate for it as well but uh yeah so i'm just gonna read let's see let's see blah 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 beautiful and compelling blah 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 uh following the announcement okay uh, okay let's just i'm just gonna read straight from this games dot this games industry dot biz article from Rebecca Valentine. Shout out to Rebecca Valentine. Uh, she wrote this actually, yeah, early last year, January 2021. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to read the, probably the, not the first paragraph, but the two after that. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Uh, following the announcement, season was lauded on social media following, lauded on social media following for its beauty its premise and its promise of of a diverse and interesting cast of characters but according to a number of current and former employees of scavenger studio the game's cozy pitch is dramatically at odds with the work environment of the studio behind it GamesIndustry.biz has spoken to nine current and former employees of the Montreal-based Scavenger Studio who worked with the company at some point over the past four years, all of whom spoke with us under the condition of anonymity, anonymity for fear of reprisal. They described the company largely composed of talented people working on projects they deeply cared, cared about across both Darwin Project and Season. However, they also said that the excitement and creativity surrounding both games was tainted by a toxic work environment fostered by the studio's co-founders, creative creative director Simon Darview, formerly founder of Spearhead Games and designer at Ubisoft, and his romantic partner at the time of the industry's founding, CEO Amale uh, Lamarche. Uh, so yeah. Apparently, there's some toxicity going on. Uh, apparently, there's a lot of belittling workers, making people not feel safe, making people feel disposable. Um, and it's a very long article. And I think I'm going to include this in the links, the housekeeping links as well. So you can go ahead and read about that. But yeah, super weird to like, because here's the thing, man. We've gotten to the point in this games industry. Just about every developer or at least every publisher, but at this point, every developer has some blood in their hands. No developer is perfect. Even the developers that are like, oh, we stand up for our own. There, there's been some workplace trauma, workplace, you know, misconduct. There's been some stuff going on at every single place at this point. Now, some of it, you chalk it up to, oh, it was, it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever you want to say. And that was accepted. So it was accepted. And, you know, you grow up, you change the culture, and now you're better now. Some places that stuff is still going on. We've talked about stuff at Riot recently. We talked about stuff at Activision Blizzard, um, stuff at Ubisoft, where some of that shit was buck wild and happen happening live. And also, 
for the stuff at Ubisoft, some of that stuff was happening from people who were sitting out here like, oh, yeah, we need to protect women. We need to do, you know, right by them. And then they were doing some fuck shit on the side and behind the scenes. So, like, there's a lot of factors here. A lot of developers are fucking up. And Scavenger Studio is just another one of those. It hurts more because, like, like, like the article said, Season has such a, or yeah, Season has such a, like, pleasant art style, pleasant direction, just a nice little cozy vibe. You, why are you making the workplace look so tragic from that? It's the same thing from uh, the the Gone Home developer. Uh, what's his Fulbright. name? Yeah, Fulbright. Uh, Steve Steve Gaynor. Um, there was problems going on at that workplace as well, and it's like, what the fuck? You make all these wonderful games about like female protagonists and such. Like, why are y'all doing this? Like, you you halfway expect it from the Call of Duty developer, the dude bros making the shooters. You don't. From the people making all the flower lilac lily games, like, come on, what the fuck are we doing? Um, so it hurts a lot more there. Um, I'll be honest, I thought that I, I thought this was a certain other studio. Ooh, a, like a what to say? Uh, I thought this was the studio where game got announced. They then bunch of staff are. I thought this was the game where, or that had involved. Um, like the trailer coming out, then like a bunch of employees who had quit the studio because they were um, let go, and they're, like they were just like the whole thing was basically a big, a big forgery. Ooh, are you talking about fucking uh, not forgotten? The everyone thought it was a Kojima game. That company? Not for, no, no, not that one. I'll uh, I'll look at it. I'll try to look. For, I'll try to find it. Huh. Uh, interesting. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure what uh what company you're thinking about, but yeah, like I said, that, I mean that just adds to the case. Like, there's so many studios out here that are running rampant with some fuck shit going on in their midst, despite you know the nice presence they put outside. And season is another one of those. Now, I, I can I can admit that I'm still interested in season. Season still seems like a cool, fun game and just a pleasant experience. But goddamn, I would like to hear from some of those people who are currently working on the game to see if that culture has changed at all. To see if, because uh, at this point, by the time season's out, that article will almost be two years old. So you know, there changes could have been made in that time. I would, I would hope so at this point. Um, especially when you see like all the shit that Activision Blizzard is getting drugged through for all the shit that's been going on over there. Um, just a lot of issues everywhere. So hopefully consequences are being had and changes are being made. So I, I can't say that for certain. All I can do is hope. But by the time uh, season comes out, hopefully maybe maybe Rebecca herself or someone else out there can do a follow up and see what's popping off there. Because I'm sure even if there's positive buzz on season, that's going to be heavily muted by this article being spread around once again. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what season turns out to be. I'm optimistic on the game. Can't entirely say I'm optimistic on the studio. <laughs> so yeah, it is what it is there. And so from there, we'll go on to the final thing that they talked about and announced at this. Uh, I was about to say PlayStation Showcase. It's not a showcase. It's a state of play. But they talked about another big thing. That I don't really care about that much, but hey, it looks really cool. Uh, Final Fantasy 16, yeah, 16. Uh, that got a release window summer of 2023. 
uh looking at the gameplay it, it looks really pretty like it just looks gorgeous there's a lot of like big monsters fighting each other kaiju style uh there's a lot of like it looks like some i say final fantasy 13 ish combat but i remember final fantasy 13 kind of being turn-based where final fantasy 15 was more of a hack and slash I think this looks more hack and slashy. It looks like you're maybe directly controlling people on the battlefield, getting some hits in. Uh, it looks more active rather than, you know, turn based. Uh, and I, it uh, looks interesting, but uh, I, I think I found the story or the, the the game that I was thinking of. Oh, oh, what's the game? Aeon must, must Die. Aeon Must Die. It was um, it's the game or it's the whole it was controversy that. <gasps> Oh, God, I remember some shit popping off about this. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so this was more or less around this time last year. Uh, Limestone Games and a group of former employees. Mm-hmm. It was a whole contro- con- uh, con- controversy. Saying, like, or um, Mashura Games, which was founded by a group of former Limestone developers, said via Twitter that they, w- they were confused and baffled by the announcement, as they claim... No legal matters pertaining to the situation were solved, and even more arose in the aftermath. Oh my god, yeah, I remember hearing that. Ooh. And that, like the, they also claim that the IP was stolen by the co- company's co-founder, and mm-hmm. that they requested support from Focus and Home Inter- like Focus Interactive when they handed in their resignation. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, yeah, they accuse him of IP theft and all this stuff. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> huh. So yeah, shout out to... I mean, I, I thought it was a case of like, oh, the game was never real, but then I looked it up. It released on Steam. It's just a question of them like getting the spot on the PlayStation stage and taking advantage of that and getting more money off the whole thing. It's just like, oh, fuck, what the fuck's going on? Um. So yeah, that's fucking wild. Totally forgot about that one, but... uh. Hopefully, you know, I I have no clue what happened with that story, but hopefully that thing is all settled. That's literally two years ago almost at this point. Um, So, oh boy, God bless. Uh, But yeah, for Final Fantasy 16 here, I'll say that uh, I'm not not super excited for Final Fantasy 16. I gotta be honest with you. I'm just not a Final Fantasy person. I will, at some point in my lifetime, I will play Final Fantasy 7 Remake. I have it through PlayStation Plus, and I waited long enough for the PS5 free update to come through. So I'm going to play it at some point. I don't know when I will. 16 looks really pretty. It looks really, it just looks really like aesthetically pleasing, but it's like all, it's going back to the high fantasy era. It's going back to like the medieval knights and shit. I don't care about medieval anything. Literally the only medieval property I care about is the Elder Scrolls, and that's only because Skyrim is fun to play. Um, so I don't know if Final Fantasy is going to hit it for me, but I'm excited for all the nerds out there at the very least. Um, what, what say you for Final Fantasy 16 here? Is that tickling your fancy at all? I'm not really a Final Fantasy person. Like I, I mean, I own a lot of the Final Fantasy games, but that's just due to, or due to the fact that the internet long enough. (laughs) Yeah. Like I own, I own the essential ones, uh, like the original classic ones on steam. I even bought in like to the whole uh, build up of uh, I want to say it was thirteen. Hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, like Lightning Returns and all that stuff. No, not li- Lightning Returns. Uh, like thirteen, like the straight up Final Fantasy thirteen. Oh, okay, the original one. Yeah, I got you. 
and it, it was a point it, it got like i'm pretty sure i only bought that game because or only bought that game because i got a or i i think i bought the xbox 60 bundle of that game hmm. okay mainly because my 360 had red ringed for maybe like the, the second or third time hmm. makes sense so that was just the easiest one to get that's the only reason you had it <laughs> yeah i remember being very sick and i just remember being very in and out of consciousness watching castle <laughs> and just trying to like just stick take my heart the hard drive off the old xbox 360 put on the new one and hope everything turned out for the best which did, which it didn't because that one lasted for maybe a year and then Damn. i have the one but hey that that one i got a year later the one i i i got a year later still works oh wow okay survived hurricane sandy hell yeah <laughs> one resilient little piece of hardware there i respect that um, which is rare for the Xboxes back in the day. So res mad respect. Um, yeah, I I'm right there with you. I, I really don't play the Final Fantasy franchise. Really, the only Final Fantasies I care about are the Dissidia PSP games, which I might talk about in a little bit here, but I hope that comes to the PlayStation Now service. And other than that, that's really it. Like I said, I'm going to play Remake at some point, but eh. What about your what Dark is. Twisted Fantasies? My Dark Twisted Fantasies? That is that a, a Kanye uh, reference? Yeah. <laughs> I did not see that coming. I have a lot of Dark Twisted Fantasies when it comes to games. Let me tell you. We already talked about Lady D, but Nico from Devil May Cry, where you at? Uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah, speaking of things that I'm very happy with, um, this day to play overall, just to wrap it all up here at the end of the conversation, um, let's just talk about what we thought about it. I'll say that uh, me personally, I thought this was one of, if not the best state of play that they've ever had. I feel like state of play over the last couple months has established itself as a very low to mid tier type of event. I feel like people don't get excited at state of plays because it's been disappointing people more often than not. It just hasn't been exciting. Um, it Just not a lot of announcements for people. And well, actually, every state of play has a lot of announcements, but you have to figure out how do you balance like, all right, we have this thing for the niche. We have this thing for the niche. Is there anything in here that's exciting to anyone? And I feel like a lot of the state of plays have been lacking of things that are exciting to everyone because they're saving it for the PlayStation presentations. They're saving it for the PlayStation meetings. But here they said, nah, let's just show all the very exciting stuff. And then let's speak to the niche. Um, and yeah, they spoke to a lot of the indie niches with stuff like Season, with stuff like Tunic, with stuff like, uh, what was it, Stray. Uh, you speak to the big, exciting things. You, you, well, also, they speak to the niche with PSVR 2 with the New Horizon game and all those things that are coming to it. Then you, then you speak to the really big dog games like, you know, Spider-Man Remastered. You got Horizon getting a new update. Resident Evil 4 Remake, which is fucking crazy. And people have been screaming their little heads off about Final Fantasy 16 forever. Uh, and Street Fighter 6 as well. Uh, and then you get the stuff that no one was expecting. I wasn't expecting Roller Dome. Super exciting. I wasn't expecting Callisto Protocol. Super exciting. I feel like this has a little bit of something for everybody. And really, this is just a top tier state of play. Um... I would say, considering that it is a state of play, I would say this is the best a state of play could possibly be. If just grading it compared to every press conference type thing Sony has done, this is probably still like a B, 
But considering it's a state of play and that's a lower tier anyway, this is the best that that lower tier could have been. So very happy for it. I, I'd say it's an A as a state of play. So what what say you? Well, what opinions do you have on this uh, state of play overall? I'm probably going to try Stray. Hell yeah. You better. <laughs> I'm definitely going to buy Isaac. I'm definitely going to buy Spider-Man and or Spider-Man Remastered and Miles Morales for PC. Hell yeah. Um, because I just want to support that game because or those two games because they're really good. Mm hmm. Damn near perfect, some would say. I, I mean, I said it's when talking about Guardians of the Galaxy on the Game of the Year podcast. I mentioned that it was the best Marvel game that people who didn't own a PS a PlayStation could experience, and now, sadly, that is no longer the case. So, as <laughs> people can, people who don't have a, P, a PlayStation, PlayStation can now experience those games. Yeah. Very true. Now, Guardians of the Galaxy is the best Marvel game that Xbox players can play. And I yeah. think it's Cloud on Switch as well, so that too. <laughs> but who, so, uh, honestly, who's who's playing cl the Cloud version of that game? Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say, who's playing that? If you're, if you're paying money for a game to just play it on a Cloud, that feels like it's not worth it. Then again, I, Stadia person here <laughs> i claimed all my stadia games yesterday so like i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about um but in any case also stadia is doing real bad man i don't know if you've heard like a lot of games that usually come to stadia every year like madden isn't coming to stadia this year and ghost recon breakpoint had a bug where it wiped everyone's save on stadia recently and it's just bad for folks over there right now but hey lake is on stadia pro this month and i claimed it so i'm gonna play it there um Anyway, uh, that's all we have to say about the the state of play here. It was oh, a very I, good I show. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Please, please. I'm, while I am butthurt over Resident Evil 4, I am most likely going to buy it because I want to see how they handle some of the some of the features like the the uh, QT-esque effects. Or oh, yeah, like the running from the boulder and stuff like running that. Running from the boulder. Um, especially the uh, knife fight. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Some of those quick time events were brutal. Where like you just cutscene starts. Put your drink down. Press press A. <laughs> You're dead. Yeah. Or even like swimming from the fish in the lake. Oh my God. Um, that that was when I first rage quitted from Resident Evil game. <laughs> yeah. That that was definitely a a big part of it. So we'll see how they adapt all that stuff. But hey, I don't think you should be butthurt for RE4. Don't be butthurt for RE4 unless they show it and it looks god-awful. If it's just different, you can play that original game so easily. So I, I feel like, you know, it's different. Not It's not replacing it. So yeah, I feel like the reason to be mad is less. They're not taking, taking away my Paul Mercier. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I feel like you don't have much to worry about. So yeah, we'll we'll see what comes of that game later on. But in any case, speaking of old games, let's go ahead and pop over to the Whatcha Playing segment of the show. Uh, almost two hours into the podcast. Good God. Um, I don't know how long we're going to be on this. We might be on it for a minute. This might just be a, a chunky episode here. But in any case, we're going to go pretty quickly through my games, at least probably this whole segment, to be honest with you. And let's talk about the games that we've been playing this week. Um, I 
I'm going to go ahead and start it off because I feel like I'm going to have a decent chunk to talk about compared to the two games that you're going to be talking about. Um, but we'll we'll get it all in there nonetheless. So start us off here. I have been going on a journey this week, y'all. I have opened myself to two new worlds. Now, one of these worlds I've already been in for a while, and I'm just realizing just how expansive this world is for the first time. The other world I've been trying to get into for a long time. Um, I've been trying to break down the barriers, trying to figure things out technically, just couldn't figure it out, and I just gave up. But I watched a stream from One Blessing Jr. the other night where he was showing his stream deck off and showing all these emulated titles he had on his Steam Deck. He had a modded version of uh, Smash 64 with Conquer in it, and he was playing it, and I'm like, yo, that's fucking crazy. And he had, like, he, he was playing Burnout 3. He had... Uh, what is it? Def Jam Fight for New York on there. Like he had all these classic games on there. And I was like, yo, you're, you're doing this. You, and you and he kept saying, oh, it was so easy. It was shockingly easy to get this all set up. And I'm like, really? If it's that easy, then what the fuck am I doing? So for the first time in a very long time, I actually didn't even realize it. I had uh, what's the name of this fucking program? RetroArc. Yo, RetroArc I had. I tried running RetroArc. I had it through Steam. I installed it for the first time through Steam. Played it. Didn't recognize my Xbox 360 controller. So it didn't recognize anything. Tried moving the mount, tried moving through the menus. Nothing. Tried changing a bunch of the settings. Nothing worked. It just did not recognize my controller. It even recognized I had a controller connected. It didn't even say like, oh, a generic controller. No, nothing. It was awful. And I just gave up on RetroArc. And I was so mad, and I got on Twitter, and I was like, oh, emulation would be really cool if it would fucking work. I didn't say it like that, but that was the tone in my head. And I was really depressed, and I was bummed out. But I said, hey, if RetroArch won't work, and RetroArch is kind of like the interface to be able to tap into all these other emulators. So I said, if RetroArch itself won't work, let me go to the actual emulators themselves and see if I can get those working. So I actually already had PCSX. PCSX2. I had that installed on my computer already from way back when I first got my computer and tried to get it running. I, I updated it and I also installed for the first time PPSSPP uh, also. And I pulled them up on my computer and y'all, it recognized my Xbox controller instantly. All I had to do was change like one or two settings, recognize my controller instantly. I, I found a site or I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to snitch on myself on the internet too much. I acquired all of the ROMs that I had for all the games that I own. Wink. And y'all, I've been in the fucking Matrix. <laughs> all right, not the Matrix, but I've been having a blast. Like, I spent most of yesterday, like a good half of yesterday was just playing with emulators. Um, and I was just playing all these random PSP games, all these random PS2 games. I was going ham. And I took a picture on Twitter showing like, oh, here's all the games that I've gotten so far. And I've grown that list since. So I'm going to leave it in your hands, Al, uh, because I'm not going to talk about all these games. And plus, I haven't even played all these games, if I'm honest, but lines on PSP. Um, I've been playing those. They're almost all like running at like 1080p resolution. So it looks a little bit fugly, but it just looks a little bit sharper and playing it with the controllers. So I'm using the second stick now. It rules. <laughs> it rules. Is there any one of those games specifically you'd like to know about? Um, Call of Duty. Okay. Well, I, I haven't played Call of Duty itself yet. Oh, okay. Medal um, of Honor's 
I mean, it's not like crazy incredible. It still feels like a game meant for one analog stick because yes, I I'm able to map the face buttons to the second stick so I can play it like a traditional shooter, but I'm still shooting with R1 instead of one of the back triggers. I'm still like I don't know. It's it's still a little bit awkward. You're reloading with like the bottom D-pad button. <laughs> like it like I keep wanting to hit square to reload, but it just, that's just not how it works. Uh, so it can be awkward at times and um, I still had to like remap things in order to get everything on the second button because PPSSPP, great, great program. It does a lot of stuff automatically, like the whole upscaling thing. I didn't have to change anything in settings to get it to upscale to 1080p. It did that automatically Where on the PS2 emulator. I had to go into settings to do that. Um, so it does a lot of stuff automatically, but mapping stuff to the second stick kind of had to do that yourself so i had to do that myself but it's solid it it looks really ugly because it's not meant to be blown up on a fucking 1440p screen um but hey, it, you don't tell me that i i currently have six simulators yeah on my, <laughs> on, on my uh task bar yeah oh you gotta see i i was trying to figure out how to put them on there i have the two i'm using i have on my taskbar, but i have a little folder in the start menu for all my gaming related programs i was trying to put it in there but there's no way to. It's not like an app in the Windows sense. It's just a .exe file to open. Um, but oh, in I any can, case, I, I can. Yeah. I can tell you how to pin that to to, to a taskbar after we're done recording because I don't want to get in trouble with the with with yeah. the heat. Yeah, fuck twelve. But also, if they're listening, I'm not giving you any ammo because um, you got enough and you don't use it to go into school on time. Anyway, um, I'm not going to talk about current events yet. Um, Anywho, uh, yeah, Medal of Honor Heroes 2, it works well. I played the first level in that game, and I was like, yo, this is, like, surprisingly solid. I played a little bit of Coded Arms as well, which Coded Arms, for people who don't know, it's a Konami-developed first-person shooter, procedurally generated levels from the PSP. I saw a video made by, I think, Jarek the Gaming Dragon on, on YouTube, and uh, he... I could take or leave his personality sometimes, but he makes solid videos. He he likes to review a lot of obscure shooters. So, of course, that's my shit. So I watch a lot of his videos. And he made a video on Coded Arms, and it looked fun. So I played it, and I'm like, all right, this is janky as all hell, but it's interesting. It's interesting. I also played Def Junior 2. And another thing I like about PPSSPP, Def Junior 2 did not run very well. It was running at like half the speed it was supposed to, something which is really fucked up with it. But I was able to go into its settings and they have it to where you can change the settings for one specific game. So you can like change it to where the speed equals out for Def Junior, but it doesn't change the settings of any of the other games. So you can still play those as normal. And I eventually got Def Junior to what was running properly. And it was cool. I had never played Def Junior 2. I played one back when I was a child, but being able to play two, really, really cool. Like still, these games don't look that great, but upscale 1080p. They look passable now, um, and so yeah, super happy about that. So uh, I just recommend uh, just recommendation. Yes, with uh, and with your with whatever emulator you choose, mm-hmm. I'd recommend making a like bookmarking the compatibility uh, page or the ah. compatibility list because it it'll narrow down which which um, games you you can actually have a good experience with. Good call. Good call. I guess that makes sense because I I had never thought about compatibility lists until a you said that and b that ties into the other emulator I've been using. Um, like, because um, yeah, I think it was last year uh, my experience with the Jackie Chan uh, game. Oh, Stuntmaster. 
Oh, Adventures, the PS2 game? Yeah. Oh, because fuck. Like, that game does not exist in in, in like for if, like you can you cannot buy a copy of that game. Yeah, I've heard. <laughs> so I, I thought, hey, I'll I'll give it a try with the with I'll give it a try using a different what method and Oh god, it was a nightmare. Yeah, that I've seen gameplay of that on emulators on YouTube, and, and yeah, it's, it looks it looks horrible. Yeah, it looks horrible. And actually, the the only game that I've had horrible issues with in a similar vein, Area Fifty One, I believe the Sega shooter from back in the day. Tried playing that on uh, PC SX Two. I tried playing it there, bro. Literally any texture that a character is touching just doesn't load so like if a npc happens to be standing on a certain part of the floor it's just black if they're like near a wall it's just black (laughs) like it's just all fucking it's just weird and i understand it's an old game and i'm probably not gonna actually play through area 51 i just want to run it for the really just to see what's up with it but yeah it's some shifty shit to be honest with you um but yeah i I haven't had that many problems. I haven't had any Jackie Chan adventures level problems. Uh, I will say over on the PS2 emulator, that one kind of impressed me more um, just because a, I'm actually using the entire controller. So these games actually feel like I'm playing them natively (laughs) where it doesn't feel like this weird, like Frankenstein of controls. It feels like, Oh, this, like I'm using all this with an Xbox controller, but it applies. It, it maps one-to-one. It works very well. Um, now I'll tell you all the games that I have on here. I've only played about half of these because some of these I installed this morning before I had a chance to play more of them. Um, um before yes. I, start, I will say certain, um, I will not say which emulators and games I use out of my own legal safety. <laughs> Fair. I really am showing my ass. So good on you for not. Um, <laughs> uh, so there's certain ones I use that are are that i have child like childhood connections to mm-hmm. and using a, a controller a certain controller with them breaks all the feeling i had of playing those games when i was younger ah uh, breaks the immersion the nostalgia yeah like my xbox xbox controller uh being having to map certain certain um let's just say a certain letter of the alphabet with uh some with the with the uh with the face pad ah okay yeah (laughs) i understand what you're saying there yeah i can understand that that would be a little bit you know unpleasant if you have those memories there but like for me yes i had a ps2 and yes i played a decent amount of ps2 i didn't really become a gamer until the playstation 3 specifically so the ps2 generation feels like such a distant memory to where i don't feel like i'm ruining things i will say it felt a little weird to one of the games on this list i'm going to read here uh rise to honor jet lee's rise to honor playing that one xbox controller felt weird but it also felt right. It just felt natural. It just felt like, oh, this is how this game's supposed to be. And that's definitely one where I'm like, that's not coming to backwards compatibility. <laughs> like, they're not about to relicense Jet Li's face again to get that thing running. Um, now, if they I do, was, I was going to say that. I was just going to say that. Um, I don't know. <laughs> like, I would like with certain with, with um, certain handheld games. 
for something that we, we want we as a team as a website and team want to do for uh, at some point with, with YouTube and uh-huh. license games from the olden days. Oh, I remember we talked about this. This is perfect for that. Well, I I don't feel comfortable doing like doing that. So what I've been doing is I've been buying up a bunch of old um, Game Boy Color GBA because like I realized, hey, the analog pocket works with a bunch of these games, and apparently the analog pocket works with um, Alcados. Yeah, HDMI out. Yeah, so I can just try to capture the footage. Yeah, that's even better, to be honest. <laughs> In 2023. Yeah, get to capture that uh, authentic one-to-one uh, experience. So, yeah, I respect that. Yeah, this, like, playing old game. Like, here's the thing. I'm not necessarily like Greg Miller. I'm not Mr. Old Game is Old. But my tastes usually stop, like, as far as going back in time, my desires usually stop around 2007, 2006. Like, if it's not on a PS3 generation, very unlikely that I'm going to really show too much interest in wanting to play it. But now that I have this, it's kind of bringing things up to a level to where, like, I might play through some of these games, like, completely all the way through. Like, like okay, let me just read this list for the PS2 uh, things that I have on here. Um, so just reading through there, like I said, I haven't played all of these, and I'm going to ask you which ones do you want me to discuss, but um, I have 25 to life on here, 50 cent bulletproof, already said Area 51, Bad Boys Miami Takedown, <laughs> which we've talked about before, um, Battlefield 2 Modern Combat, Burnout 3 Takedown, Cold Winter, Dark Watch, Dead to Rights 1, Def Jam Fight for New York, Gun Grave, Gently Rise to Honor, Kill Switch, Metal Arms, Glitch in the System, and Total Overdose, A Gunslinger's Tale in Mexico. Ooh, okay. Oh, yeah. So I'm just going to start out with, um, I'm just going to start out with Def Jam Fight for New York. Ah, that, that is... one I haven't touched yet. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll just say that that one is fair considering a lot of the prices for those, for that game on whether it's PS2, Xbox, GameCube. I don't even, I'm not even sure if it came to GameCube. I don't think uh, it came to GameCube. The prices for those currently on eBay retro game sites, like retro, retro video game sites, mm-hmm. are outrageous. <laughs> like, yeah. I I bought Pokemon, like I bought Pokemon Sapphire, like a a loose copy, mm-hmm. $80. Christ. <laughs> I checked recently. Price rose like almost 20 almost price rose to uh, like 80, like $97. Good god. Um Pokémon Gold. Like the original just again loose loose cartridge. Mhm. $67. <laughs> oh my god, get the hell up out of here with that. Oh, Jesus. Honestly, yeah. this is just me feeling guilty for all the for, for basically just like all the emulation I've done. <laughs> you're toting for your sins yeah even i mean i if only there was a way that i don't know a certain japanese uh video game company that's been around for over over two centuries <laughs> could um or two decades <laughs> centuries holy shit no i'm i'm being very narrow but this is what the developer i'm talking about or the oh. company i'm talking about maybe they could invest in a little something called game preservation oh yeah <laughs> instead of instead of poo-pooing 
all everyone who wants to keep those games alive. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I I would love that to be the case. And honestly, like game preservation is a little bit of the reason why I have always been interested in getting into emulation and stuff. Because at the end of the day, like when it comes to preservation, I don't necessarily care about all the big titles that everyone cares about because I don't have to care about, oh, I still want to be able to play Uncharted 1. They remade that. They're going to remake all the really big popular games that I care about. Um, Even we talk about someone like Nintendo. Yes, they don't do a great job with preservation, but at the same time, they remaster and remake a lot of their shit all the time. Uh, So or not even all the time, but often enough to keep you let on. They don't necessarily bring things forward because, oh, this should exist for a new generation. They just bring it back if they think they can get enough money off of it, uh, which is very cynical. But um yeah a lot of the games on here that i read in that list are games that are completely forgotten about or games that just aren't going to get a second look because it wouldn't be profitable um yeah that's that's really the stuff that i wanted to go for yeah like i had to um the most recent episode of win that is on the site not the most recent recorded episode because i just i did just in that episode. oh wow um one one of the one of the more recent episodes i think it's uh, Alan, the episode where subtitle is Alan has some things to say, and it's um, it's just very simple. The Wada Games um logo with the, with the uh sensor sign on it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I watched a um, I watched a video by Carl Jobs. Hmm. Okay. Name sounds familiar. And it's like the, it's well, it's because Wada Wada is being is being is, or is in a lawsuit regarding potentially uh, manipulating retro game prices like manipulating the market oh wow that fucking sucks and, and turning it into a speculative uh market basically doing to trying to do what or trying to do the video games what happened to comic books in the 90s even though what happened to comics in the 90s almost killed comics yeah like it hasn't it hasn't been hasn't been that that big ever since since then mm-hmm yeah company corporations or just people with money in general will fuck up anything good <laughs> like the whole reason the the whole reason Marvel went bankrupt is because of these fuckers yeah hey some people never learn and so yeah they definitely need a talking to if you if you want to hear that conversation more you can of course you know listen to that podcast as well that'll be scroll up in the feed a little bit but yeah for this one um yeah for for some of these like I, i'll just talking about games that have actually played from here uh kill switch kill dot switch that is actually a take game third... take cover yep take game take cover it is a i want to say it's either konami or or capcom one of them um maybe konami but that is credited as being one of the main inspirations for the gears of war franchise and playing it now i totally see it it is so one-to-one like like the whole take cover thing. The only thing Gears did different is that you just tap a button and you're in cover rather than having to hold down the button the entire time. But it is like, it is very smooth compared to other shooters. And actually Kill Switch is the first one where I realized, because on the PSP one, I said it upscales everything automatically. On the PS2 one, it didn't. I just had to change the setting. But I didn't think to look through the settings. So I played Burnout 3 with it looking fugly. Like it was stretched out to the whole screen, but it was running at like, what like 480 <laughs> and so it was looking bad and then i realized oh wait there's a setting to upscale at 1080p and then i was like oh shit kill switch looks incredible now what the fuck happened and so yeah kill switch plays super super well 
way better than I would have assumed from a very early PS2 game. Sure, there's some weird control scheme things, but the the core shooting feels solid as hell. Uh, same thing for, uh, like I said, Jetly Rise to Honor. That thing plays great. I think I might actually just play through all of Rise to Honor because it just feels right. It just like it just feels seamless. It just feels seamless. There's nothing janky about it. No weird graphical errors. Uh, and it's running at 60 frames per second as well. Like it's just everything's right with that game. Uh, Burnout Three Takedown. Don't think I'm gonna play through the whole game. But I'm definitely going to be playing more Burnout 3 Takedown. That's that's always a classic. That's one of my favorite racing games of all time. Literally my second favorite racing game of all time. I think the only one above it is Burnout Paradise in my mind. Um, so yeah, I love that. Uh, I played a little bit of... Uh, I will say, we talked about this a while ago, and you sent me a link to the physical copy to purchase. But I Apparently tried... You're, you're above that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I'm above it. I don't know if I'm above it. Uh, cause when I played bad boys, Miami takedown, that's before I realized, oh, I can upscale it. So I haven't seen what it looks like there, but goddamn, bad boys, Miami takedown is interesting. I, that one I might save for a stream and I might stream it using this method, but like it is, it's weird because this is not Marcus and this is not Mike. Like these are not the same voices. They don't entirely have the same, like vibe to their interactions because it seems it's very much so the pg-13 or even the pg take of bad boys and you can tell by like the ways that they don't swear <laughs> like they'll say what you want mother instead of what you want motherfucker <laughs> like they'll it's, they'll like cut themselves off it's weird very much to that like to the it's for what miami takedown is to bad boys is what men in black 2 um is like the the game the movie tying game is to Men in mm. Black Two, but then again, Men in Black Two wasn't really the best movie. I vaguely remember playing that Men in Black Two game on. It was on PS Two, right? Yeah, yeah. It was I because pl- I remember owning it on PS Two and playing it for a second, and I couldn't get through like there was like an industrial level and like the back of a parking lot or something. Um, it was not. It was not great. So yeah, the, the yeah, only... Alien Escape. That's the one. I looked it up. I yeah, the, mm-hmm. uh, the only reason I know that game that game exists is um, there was an episode of Judgment Day on G four where Tommy Tallarico gave that game a point five out of ten. Wow, that's fucking crazy. I'm gonna see if the ISO is on the internet. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I, I I don't recommend playing the the Bad Boys two or not Bad Boys two. I don't recommend playing uh the Men in Black two game. That one was not great when I was a kid, and it's probably still bad now. But yeah, Bad Boys Miami Takedown. It's just entertaining. See, it's not Bad Boys at all, but they are referencing the movies. Like they're literally referencing the bad guy from the second game. Like characters are coming back. Like they introduce new characters that have history with Marcus and stuff like that. It's weird. Like they're trying to push the canon forward, but it's like. You don't deserve this canon because this game is kind of mediocre and very finicky in a lot of ways. So, yeah, that one's interesting. And then uh, I I do want to play some more. I want to play Total Overdose. I want to play Metal Arms mainly. The last one that I tried, literally I played this this morning, Dark Watch. Or not Dark Watch. Where is it? Cold Winter. That's the one I tried. Have you ever heard of Cold Winter? I think so. Damn. I'm surprised. It's a first-person shooter. Um, I want to say it's from... It's not from a Capcom. It might be from a Square Enix. 
um winter game cold winter game i'm looking this up right now uh yeah it was published from oh vivendi universal from swordfish studios swordfish also created god damn there's no information about them maybe they just popped up and died <laughs> i don't fucking know it's not um, like, like you it's not like you played uh project project snowblind oh it actually what's project snowblind that sounds familiar did that come out or is that another development hell game that is a uh that is a, very much a ps2 era or ps2 xbox generation game yeah i i would believe it if you told me they made project snowblind i would believe it but no cold winter is actually made from swordfish studios the same dev who made 50 cent blood on the sand <laughs> which is buck wild uh i only knew about cold winter because once again jarek the gaming dragon he did a video on it and just looking at gameplay of it it looked interesting it looked fun enough it's still very generic like military ish uh kind of spy military type of first person shooter but like it had like this weird gore system and ragdoll effects of like a ps3 game so it was really weird to see that on a ps2 um so i wanted to try it and i played like a level of it i'm like oh this is interesting this is pretty it's kind of fun actually like i'm very interested in this game i've been skipping through all the cutscenes, but i kind of want to just watch everything because the cutscenes are like really high quality weirdly enough they're still like the weird ps2 angles of textures and such but it's higher resolution than i thought so yeah oh god excuse me i keep burping on the mic i keep forgetting to turn away anyway um that's more or less my emulation station here uh, i've been trying a bunch of games i'm probably going to try a lot more uh, I'm going to be playing through a lot of games this way. And I'm just flabbergasted because this ent my entire life, I've been like, oh, I hope they port it. Oh, I hope they bring support for classic games. Oh, I hope they do that. It's no longer in their hands. It is in my hands. And I can just play these games whenever the fuck I want to. And, it, and I can just do it myself. Now, it's not universal. Like I said, Area 51 had problems. And some games are just going to have problems. And I have to accept that. RetroArch didn't even accept my Xbox controller. But... Enough stuff isn't working to where I feel good about it. I feel good and I feel like things are moving enough in my favor to where I don't, I, I'm not scared to go out there and explore and f tweet stuff and be finicky because I know it works at a baseline level and I can go from there. Um, so, yeah, big fan of all that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's, that's all I got to say for the emulation station here. Um, and from there, We'll go ahead and pop on to one of the games that you've been playing, Al. So go ahead and regale us of the tale of one of your journeys you've been on in one of the titles you got here today. Uh, before I do that, I just want to say that I was going to mention that I'm actually thinking of buying a copy of Star Wars Obi-Wan. Oh, the like Xbox game, the original Xbox. Yeah, I I fell in love with that game when I played it back in 2004, 2005, back when yeah. I graduated uh um um elementary school yeah huh yeah i'm looking at it i remember hearing some talk about it because you know the show just came out so people of course are looking back but yeah that's a weird uh, one i know was, very little so, about it it is so bad it's good <laughs> it's one of those and i mean hey is, yeah anything is i'm pretty sure i own i already own a copy of the game like my uh, game, like the game folder, I, I have all my games stored in. I like all the discs. Yeah, like I think I, it might be in there. I don't know. I ha it's been months since I've looked in it. Fair enough. Digital future and all. Yeah, because I, like I, I was, I took my copy of Burnout Three for Xbox 
original Xbox and try to put it in my new uh, like my new slash old shelf and mm. realize, oh, I own burn. I own this game for PS2. And just hey. did a manic, a manic laugh. Like, <laughs> I, 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 this is so funny, but at the same time, I think I'm going, I'm going crazy because I just wasted money. <laughs> That's how it is. Honestly, dude, I've gotten to that point already with my collection where I'm not sitting here buying as many classic games as you are, but I will very often be like, oh, let me go ahead and buy this PS3 game that I just want I to own, make sure I own. I own at least two, two or three copies of uh, Star Trek Legacy. Oh, my God. <laughs> And I I recently played that game and that that game is not good. Yo, you're you're fucking wildin'. Like I felt bad because I own stuff digitally that I bought physically again, but you're over here buying multiple copies of not just like games you own physically already, but like that's a slightly obscure game. You would know if you had a copy of that, I would think, but you just got so many you forget. <laughs> good lord. You know, I respect the hustle though. I respect the hustle, but uh, I, I suppose, I, yeah. I had to buy another, uh, I had to buy a replacement copy of Men in Black Alien Crisis. <laughs> no. Because I lost the f- the first one. God. And I think the game you're, th- you're thinking of was Alien Escape. Yeah, that that's another one, yeah. Alien Crisis was uh, 360, P- PS3, Wii. Yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. But, Alien Escape is um, what I was thinking of. Retro game talk can be safe for another, another, another podcast. Um, yeah. I've been playing i played a little bit of pokemon moon yeah because i thought like with the current um with the current stuff with with the pokemon anime the most recent episode our most recent couple episodes have been set in lola which is the uh, region of series of the 20 the 20th 21st 22nd and i think 23rd season of the pokemon anime Hmm. But I'm pretty sure it's only 20, it's 2019 or 2020, or it's season 19 to 21 or something. Oh, okay, yeah. And I've just been thinking, I did, I, where is my Ash Greninja? I distinctly remember bringing it into the, into this game from the Pokemon Sun and Moon demo. And I realized, oh, oh crap, I already uploaded it to uh, Pokemon Home. So I, I, I can never use that. Because there's no Greninja in any Pokemon game currently. Damn. Sorry for that L you had to take. <laughs> so yeah, I just... I've been mess- messing around with the uh, Mystery Wonder Trade system. Because yeah. I'm low-key addicted to that. Because yeah. of how it's like a... like It's it, it's a Wonder Trade. It, hmm. There's no there's no telling what you could get. So I then played, I played a few hours of that. But what I've been spending a lot of my time with uh, since, um, God, I think it was, uh, it was just, I was uh, Wednesday, aka yesterday. Um, after, after watching the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, uh, tra- second trailer, which, um, these VG reacts for from me for that, will be going up tomorrow, in the Aussie early morning. Mm, okay. Yeah, I saw that one scheduled. Yeah, and I am excited. Like, like I, I already have four copies pre-ordered. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't expect you to have four copies. Jesus Christ. I mean, I'm I'm <laughs> buying I'm buying a copy one one copy for my niece, another for my sister, and the other two I'm buying for myself. Okay, that does make sense. 
I mean, which one are you more excited to play? Because I know they had the two little uh, gym, uh, what are they called? Professors? Yeah, professors. Yeah, the two new professors. I Here's the thing. I don't play Pokemon at all. I'm not playing this new game. But those professors, why uh, why'd they have to make them hot? <laughs> well, I don't know if you saw what uh, Ty uh, tweeted out <laughs> about, about the, uh, about the, 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 the professor in Pokemon Violet. Yeah. Oh God. The the male saying, presenting uh professor. Saying that he would probably have been at the uh thing that happened uh last year. Yeah, she January was January of last year. Yeah. <laughs> that I, I'm not gonna mention because Long story short, I wonder where that professor was on January sixth. That's all. <laughs> um Yeah, so I I I I stayed up for hours and hours because I want to watch that, write something, then go to sleep. To which I then watched it, fall asleep, and then panicked and just decided to write something. <laughs> just woke right back up. Yeah. I, uh, I've been playing Legends Arceus. Oh, okay. And when I say playing, I mean, I, I, mu- I must have put at least six hours in today. Mm, I respect that as well. And a God, hefty game. I'm only in the th- the third zone, Good and I'm already, I'm already level uh six, I think, or six six uh star. Wait, what is the uh what's the level? Is there a level cap in that one? Like, is that a oh, lot? Like for, um, there are ten stars in the game. Mm-hmm. So like you can um, level cap is uh, one hundred, and I've basically been catching. I've been. I've sort of been spamming my way through uh, the whole thing. Like the, I have a lot. I have a lot of access Pokemon uh. that I and I've officially hit the point in the game, like in the game, um, like star wise, where I can just buy buy all the crafting materials. So I don't need to look around for crafting materials. Hmm. Okay. And oh my god. I, I've I caught a bunch of uh, alpha Pokemon, which there's just something about the way that the alpha Pokemon look in that game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they got a special look to them. I've seen a screenshot or two. <laughs> Hell yeah! Like, um, there's a picture I took of me or my character and my alpha Ursaring. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, let me check this out real quick. Oh, that's not. It's <laughs> a big ass bear, and I don't see a blue house in sight. <laughs> that that's the thing about the alphas they're they're either like ginormous, or yeah, they're just big. They're just giant. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, I love seeing that the juxtaposition of like the cute art, but it's like this giant thing. It's like all right, that's that's precious. So, like yeah. I, if I see a um like. I think I mentioned this on the episode we uh, that uh, Josh was on. Mm-hmm. Like with with Alpha, the easy way to identify Alpha Pokemon are if their eyes are going red. Ah, uh, yeah, the Ultra Instinct Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, so like I, I maybe caught five or six, or maybe even more uh, Alpha Pokemon just today alone, mm. and Howdy. I've. I think I've got the uh, like the Ultra Ball. I think I've got that, 
animation, like the towel, like the towel mm-hmm. of if I've got a catch, because with um like the great ball, ultra ball, or not great ball, or, or yeah, with the great ball um heavy. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not walking into that joke. <laughs> Basically, they with certain ones, it they'll like once you once animation happens, you'll throw it. It'll the Pokemon will go inside it. It'll jump like it'll leap up, twitch a little bit. Oh, okay, yeah, leap up. And it's hard to tell, but with what I've noticed with the Ultra Balls, if it leaps up a tiny bit, I've caught it. Ah, wow! So I went captured an Alpha Pachirisu, Alpha Snorlax, Alpha Kadabra, Alpha Chimchar. Damn, got the whole click. I got an alpha licky, licky, licky. I, I can't pronounce it. It's a it's a tongue twister. Like the name is, you, you can't pronounce it. Oh no, I'm afraid to even look it up. Lick, lick, lick. I'm sure Pokemon fans out there know what the fuck that is, but it's the evolved, like, licky, it's licky. the evolved form. No, it's the uh, fa- evolved form of lick tongue. Oh, okay, licked it. All right, like the T. <laughs> yeah, I get you. Um, huh. Yeah, I I'm falling I'm falling back at lo- in love hard with that game. Yeah, I I feel like it's about time because I feel like uh, back I, when RCS first came out, you it didn't seem like you were gonna stick with it that long. But it's been a couple months, but you're coming back around. It seems like yeah, I'm heading up like I'm I'm heading like I I got faked out by realizing that oh my god, this Infernape looks shiny. <laughs> to realizing oh no, that's just how they they all look. Yeah, <laughs> nothing special here, folks. <laughs> For once, I thought it was special, but I was not special. Oh, <laughs> I'll make it depressing. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I feel you there. I, feel you I, there. I, I did get the the free shiny that everyone gets. Oh, okay. There you go. A shiny's a shiny, bro. I'll tell you that much. But yeah, yeah the, I, it's going to be it's going to be a an interesting game of the year discussion because God. three, two, uh, one games could be in the running. I. You know what? I can. I'm predicting it right now. If I have to have two Pokemon games in the top ten, it's gonna be the new mobile game argument. Because <laughs> I remember when we put Dokken Battle up there. I was pissed. And if I have two Pokemon games in the top ten, I'm gonna be pissed again. But we can have that conversation later on. I will say real quick before we uh, move on to the next segment here. Uh, I just saw this tweet here. Uh, I said earlier about Final Fantasy 16, how it looked like it had some like hack and slashy combat. The combat director of that game is literally the same dude who worked on Devil May Cry 5, Dragon's Dogma, and Marvel versus Capcom 2. So like, yeah, the combat is going to be more or less more action oriented. So perhaps combat. this one might be the one to play. The combat is going to take players for a ride. Yeah, it's going to take them for a ride. All right. Um, uh, yeah, good, good reference there. Caught me off guard. Last thing to say about, about Pokemon, I mentioned this, mm-hmm. or it was the one of the big takeaways from the Scarlet and Violet reveal. Um, there's four, there's up to four player co op in the game. Oh, really? In Which, in Arceus? No, no, in um, Scarlet and Violet. Oh, in the new one. Okay, I did hear about that. Yes, yes. And I was like, oh, I, I tagged Josh in it. Like, we gotta do a game night of this. And he's like, Yay. yeah. Yeah, but then, then he said something that made me think, "Oh no!" And it just, just, just with, um, with the online, I wonder how 
how bad the frame rate is going to get. <laughs> it's it going to be Borderlands 2 on Vita levels of bad. Yeah, because like Sword and Shield, th- that online play with that, like not, not even c- playing online with other people in the world, it it dropped it's dropped single frames on me. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, we can always hope that the folks over at Game Freak have been working on the engine a little bit more and make it a little bit more stable, but I feel like the Pokemon games are gonna be as janky as they want to be. People will still buy them in droves. So they have no incentive to fix anything because people are gonna buy it anyway. Now if they start making multiplayer DLC and if there's like some weird monster hunter big strong gameplay loop to keep you playing forever and people don't play it forever because it's janky as all hell then they might think about you know fixing things but we'll see we'll see what direction they take with the game but hey seems like that's gonna be a really solid one and seems like you got plenty of arcades to play in the meantime huh yeah um i'm i part of me just wants to as soon as this is done this podcast is done i just want to go to sleep Wake up, jump, jump back in the Arceus. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're getting pretty close to that, to the to the going to sleep part, because even I have work in the morning, so I, we won't or, be on here. Yeah, go ahead. Or as Arceus is, no, is known in the various Pokemon, in the Pokemon mythos, Sinnoh. Oh, really? So good, they named the entire region after him. Huh. Pretty, uh, pretty novel. <laughs> so I mean, must... it is, it is the god Pokemon. Well, yeah, I guess it makes sense. When you put it that way, I guess it makes sense. But uh, but yeah, a lot of exciting Pokemon stuff coming up in the near future. But in the meantime, until that all comes out, I got just a couple more games here that I'm going to talk about in the second half of my What You're Playing segment. And that part is similar to the emulation station stuff. Uh, this is a little segment here where I've been playing a lot of stuff that I'm just putting under one umbrella. Um, this one is Mobile Megatons, which is just me. I kind of had an epiphany. Literally, so I talked about it yesterday, how, oh man, I've been playing emulators for half the day yesterday. The other half of that day, I literally sat on my couch and for like like four hours, maybe close to five, all I did was play mobile games. I hooked up a controller and I was just going through the, the motions and I, I, I actually, instead of using my Razer Kishi like I often do, I just got an Xbox controller, Bluetooth it, got the little clip, and was just playing that way. And, dude, I, I feel like we, we, at some point, I didn't notice it when it passed, but we have passed the point where, oh, all I have is a mobile device, mobile gaming. Mobile gaming is pretty fucking good now. Like, you can have a, a very good, very decent experience with just a controller and a phone. Like you can do pretty good for yourself. And specifically what I'm talking about, what what started all this stuff up. Now I was already playing a couple mobile games here, which I'll talk about in a second. But the thing that started that session yesterday, Diablo Immortal came out, surprise oh, launched oh, on God. phones. And look, I, I'm not a Diablo person. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you you should play Diab- Diablo Immortal, especially hey, I'll say this: this is the first Blizzard game we've had since Overwatch. For a reason, we've been seeing all the shit going on in the in the fucking news headlines. We've been seeing all the shit that they've been up to, all of the people they've got rid of, all of the staff switching around that's been happening, all of the lawsuits that have been going on. You've seen all the shit that Blizzard's been going through. Like I Diablo mm-hmm. Two remastered, I think. Yeah, Diablo Two reforged or something. One of the... Wait, that came out. That came out like what? A couple months ago, right? Yeah. 
God, I forgot about that. And I just have to say, we as a as a website do not endorse any games by Activision Blizzard or Ubisoft. Just saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they've they've done more than enough to put permanent stains on their record for a long time. Um, so yeah, I, I, I stand I, by that. Yeah, go ahead. I have a certain Activision Blizzard game that I rented from GameFly that I have been talking about within our little cabal. Yeah, within the chat. It's a uh, certain game that came out last year for it's part of an acclaimed franchise. Hmm. Okay. And it features um, Laura Bailey. Uh, Okay. I know that game. (laughs) Yeah. I just want to. I just want to play the. I just want to experience. The, see if I'm missing out on anything. Yeah, the campaign. No one's been talking about that campaign at all for reasons I don't understand. Not because I played it, but because I haven't. So I, I've played a lot of that game, but it's all multiplayer. But the campaign, people didn't hate it. It's just no one cares about World War II right now, which I understand. Um, but yeah, yeah. Once again, I'll reiterate: Activision Blizzard. They are still they need to earn back the good graces of the gaming community at large. They they still need to do a lot more work to do that. But people are losing their minds about Diablo Immortal. And I like Torchlight. I'm a big Torchlight guy. So I said, all right, let me see what's up with Diablo Immortal. And I tried it a little bit. It had decent controller support. So I was able to play through the whole tutorial without really any issues on controller. And after I got through the tutorial on that, I'm like, all right, that was decent. I'm going to just play through since I'm already on the couch and I'm already just on my phone exclusively right now. I'm going to see what else I got since I have the controller hooked up. I I had already tried out some Apex Legends mobile earlier in the week, but I tried I finally played it with an actual controller instead of trying to, you know, Frankenstein it with my Kishi. And dude, I I mean, I'm gonna keep it real with you. I've won every single match of Apex Legends mobile <laughs> that I've played. Because I don't use the touchscreen. I'm either using the Kishi or the controller, and it is unfair. But this felt even better than using the Kishi when I was using the controller. It, I was sliding around. I was aiming. I was hitting my shots. I was taking people down. It was fucking great. I loved playing it there. So I had fun there. And then I went on to, uh, I, I went back for the first time in a very long time, Call of Duty Mobile. And even smoother than than Apex, if I'm honest with you. Uh, I was able to get my shots and everything there, and controls felt right on controller. Then I went to this game that I actually have listed in the dock here. Um, this game, I'm going to just ask real quick. Have you, Al, have you ever heard of Dead Effect 2? I, th- I think I own it on um, Xbox. <laughs> that is surprising. Well, I'll tell you right now, Dead Effect 2... It started as a mobile game, so I'm playing literally its original version. I heard of this game from, well, first off, I saw it on the Play Store a long time ago, and I played it for like a second for like literally less than an hour, and then I backed out of it because I was like, this feels bad and janky. Then I left it, and coming back around, Jarek the Gaming Dragon made a video about Dead Effect 2, and he was saying, oh, man, Dead Effect 2 is really good. Why isn't anybody talking about this? This isn't like Game of the Year or anything, but it's really solid and it's really fun. And I'm like, hmm, I remember seeing that game. Correction, I own Dead Effect 1 and 2 on Steam. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's where a lot of people have it. I feel like Dead Effect 2 is one of those, like, it, it comes I, up a lot in, like, random bundles. And I don't think I picked it up in a sale. 
Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I, mean, I think I, you got it from a random bundle. No, I think I think I paid full price for this. Young man, what? <laughs> what the fuck? I okay. I, I I'm not gonna shit on you too much because I'm about to praise this game a little bit. I don't think. Well, actually, before I judge you too much, give me a second. I mean, I will say. Tomorrow, I'm gonna be playing, uh, Power Wash Simulator because I've been seeing some stuff of that, and I think I need some some of that to de-stress my uh my life. Yeah, any the power washing games are very just good, vaguely ASMR type of experiences. I think you're gonna have a good time with that. Um, all right, I'm looking at it right now. Dead Effect Two. It's like twelve bucks on Steam right now. So if you paid less than 15 around 15 that's respectable i'll give that to you i thought this thing was going for like 20 or 30 but that's a reasonable price um and i'll say that because dead effect 2 playing it on uh on mobile i'm having a decent time with it it is pretty fucking fun now there's some problems with it but just on the onset here it picked up it picked up my kishi controller without any issues like often when using the Razer Kishi, which for folks who don't know, Razer Kishi is the little plug-and-play controller. It collapses on, onto itself. They have an iPhone version as well as an Android. You just plug it in. It's supposed to recognize everything, and it kind of turns your phone into a little bit of a switch, like just a, a way thinner, way longer switch, that type of thing. Um, I played Dead Effect 2 with that for a while, and it was fun. It was fine. Um, then I went to my phone. Oh, and Kishi often has problems like in Call of Duty Mobile or Apex Legends Mobile. It doesn't recognize it when it's it doesn't recognize any plugged in controllers. It'll only recognize the inputs if you have a Bluetooth controller connected. So only once it knows the controller is connected through Bluetooth, then it'll look for inputs. So often I'll turn on my Xbox controller, put it to the side, and then use my Kishi like normal. And then I have to like touch the Xbox controller every couple minutes to make sure it doesn't sleep. Um, but yeah, it had no issues when I plugged into Kishi, played a little bit off that. And then I've been playing on the, you know, Bluetooth connected controller as well here. And it's a very basic shooter. It is kind of zombie, just like wave based. Think of it kind of like Killing Floor. If you ever played the Killing Floor games on PC, but way less stylish, way less aggressive enemies, a lot more slower pace, kind of like Resident Evilly. When you think of like the pace of combat. Um, the first few levels is almost exclusively zombies. Every now and then you'll get soldiers shooting back, but it's very few and far between as far as the levels go. But you're just running, you're just tiptoeing around, very slow movement speed. You're digging into different crevices of the level, opening up closets to find more ammo, find more money. Um, you're earning XP with every kill, so you're upgrading uh, your character, you're getting ability points, you unlock some really crazy abilities later in the game actually there's some abilities where it's like oh you can slow down time like like max pain or some shit you can uh have like these balls of energy that fly out and knock down enemies uh and then they have like even crazier abilities later on there's like multiple classes you can choose at the beginning of the game and the classes are different characters so the voice acting is different per person um it's just really deep. And then like later on, there's merchants that you get. So where you can spend your money on upgrades for your weapons or completely new weapons. Um, there's like augments you can buy to where you can like get new eyes that give you stat bonuses or new brain and new torso, legs, all this stuff. And then you have gear on top of that. So you can give yourself new body armor, new pants, new gloves, all this stuff. It is very deep, surprisingly deep for... I downloaded this off the Android store for absolutely free. 
like it's ad supported. Every time you beat a level, it plays an ad, which was annoying enough for me to pay some money to get rid of that. But it is a full featured game. It, it it has everything there pretty much. And like pretty satisfying, you know, gunplay, I would say as well. Not the most polished gunplay, but it's pretty good. Here's where the kicker is. The story's awful. <laughs> like it is a literally level-based type of game. The story is weird and just it's it's low budget. Like when I say low budget, it definitely feels like one of those like very quick turnaround, bad voice acting, like European trash type of games. Um, that would be on a PS2. Yeah. Or not even that would be on a PS2. Like that would be on. Honestly, it's like one of those games that you would get in a bundle on Steam and then you open up the page and it's like mixed reviews. <laughs> it's one of those. And I'll say right now, Dead Effect 2 actually has mostly positive on Steam right now. But it is one of those games where like, it, it, it's just those weird Euro jank. I, I compare it to, um, let me look at the developer because they make a lot of the same types of games. Uh, they made Enemy Front, if you remember that game. Yeah, I do remember that game. Yeah, um, one of the only games they made that wasn't on the same engine. They usually make a bunch of games that are, it's on like some weird engine, but this was, oh, Psy Games, CI Games. They make a lot of games that are just fucking like, not garbage, but just super generic, super weird shit. Um, they made Enemy Front. They made a Alien Rage from way back in the day. Uh, they make like random, like, I think they made a Soldier of Fortune game, but it's like one of the worst Soldier of Fortune games, so no one really talks about it. Um, they just have a wide lineage of like mediocrity, if I'm honest with you. Um, but this kind of feels like a game like that as far as quality wise. They make a lot of seven out of 10 games, but this game just, it just has, it feels like there's too much effort put into it. Like the story's bad. Like the voice acting, literally the, the character class I picked is the female class. Her voice acting is awful. She sounds like a teenager that's over all of it. Like she sounds like a character in Me Girls that's placed into this like sci-fi universe experiment like storyline. And it just feels so weird. This is one segment where the people who are trying to find you on the ship, they break the oxygen flow so that every all the oxygen in the in your main base is fucked up. And when she walks into the room, she's like, the air is weird. <laughs> It's like the hokiest shit in the world. Um, but at the same time, all the main characters that aren't your player character have weird voice acting as well. The main lady is fine, but then you get like this Russian or German spy whose accent isn't consistent. Like sometimes he'll sound Russian, then other times he'll say his D's with Z's and he'll sound German. And I just don't know what ethnicity is. And then there's another character who had a brain malfunction with his cloning thing. And so he has very simple sentences. So he just sounds like a dumbass, but in a way that is way over, way more than what they probably meant to do. Um, it's strange, but the game's really solid. And also, it is a free-to-play game. There are so many opportunities for microtransactions in this game. Not to where it feels like, like it doesn't feel like, oh man, I can't play this game without paying money. Uh, and it doesn't feel like, oh man, they're really trying to suck the wallet out of you. But I've been playing this game for a solid, I'd say maybe three hours or so. I'm on like the sixth level of this game. I, of course, I have been using money to upgrade my weapons, upgrade my guns and such. So I could have been saving my money. I have not been able to save up enough money or crystals, which is their secondary currency. 
I've not been able to save up enough to buy anything other than the starting pistol that I got and the shotgun that I received as a reward for my second mission. I've been using just those two weapons this entire game. In any other game, I would have enough credit to be able to unlock some type of submachine gun, some type of, you know, assault rifle, even a sniper rifle. Like, I looked through the store. They have crossbows in this game. They have all types of, like, crazy weaponry that I really would like to use myself. And I just don't have access to any of it because I would have to save up my money from a bunch of different missions. Or I would have to just, you know, I'd have to be more diligent. And it's really hard to use these weapons. Because as you play through the story, enemies get stronger. Enemies get more resilient. You need more firepower to get these guys down. Eventually, they have like big brute looking guys with machine guns running after you. Uh, and it's not just zombies and like little wear dogs that follow you all the time. It's people that pose a really th good threat from long away. Um, so, yeah, it can be a little frustrating trying to upgrade your character when they're really stingy about money and even XP for upgrades and such can be a little bit stingy. Literally, you start the game and you can't sprint or crouch. You have to unlock those abilities. <laughs> so it can be a little frustrating in that way. But once you get going, it's all right. It's very good for a mobile game. Um, and for a regular game, it would be mediocre, understandably. But for a mobile game, it's impressive. Um, so yeah, I'm going to play more Dead Effect 2. I want it to be the next mobile game I beat after I beat, um, what's the other game I talked about last, a couple episodes ago? Grim Valor. Uh, Grim Valor was a great time. Grim Valor is way better than this game. Let me make that clear. But Dead Effect 2 is scratching enough itches where I want to keep going through it. And it also isn't confined to just the story mode. They have like survival maps that you can play. Unfortunately, it's all single player. I think in the PC version and the console version, there's maybe co-op, I believe. But they have single player missions where you can just do like a time attack where you're just trying to last as long as you can until the timer runs out. They have survival wave-based missions where you're clearing out three waves of enemies or four or whatever. Um, they have a bunch of different varied missions there. They got like daily challenges and whatnot. So there are ways to earn money without playing the same story missions over and over again. But it's a little disheartening to know that it's going to be a while before I can afford any new varied type of weaponry. But in any case, I think this game is pretty cool. I'm going to keep playing it. And yeah, it dawned on me that night because I played Dead Effect and I played some Fortnite as well. And I got like a win in Fortnite on mobile for the first time. And it really dawned on me, yo, mobile gaming is here. Like it's it's on par. It's a competitor. It's up there with the Switch at this point, as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, I'm enjoying myself. And that's pretty much the whole kit and caboodle for that segment. Um, was there any like... um was there any uh, comments you wanted to say on either Dead Effect 2 or any of the mobile games I've been talking about here? Um, yeah, Dead Effect 2. Yes. How punishing is it without without access to more of the... More of the like, weaponry? Yeah. Like, is it, is it punishing because you're, like, since you only have a pistol and shotgun? Or is it accommodating because you have a weapon for a standard weapon and one for crowd control? Um... It, it, I'll tell you right now, I don't know if it is changing encounters based off of my weaponry, but it does not feel like it. Um, I am, but it will, there's one situation where I had a bunch of dudes with assault rifles trying to pick at me from far away, but that was also the level that they gave me a turret to just shoot people with, so I could just get on the turret and just gun them all down. Um, so... I'm not getting too many problems with that in the story mode. Right now, I'm at a level where I'm encountering a boss. It's a two-part boss where he sends out like his little drone first, and then he comes out of his shield. 
that feels poorly balanced for the shotgun I have because the shotgun I'm like halfway upgraded and it took a while to just get the drone down. And then once the guy came out, the pistol did next to no damage on him. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to need to come back more powerful and take him out. So I would say it feels poorly balanced at this point, but I've been able to play pretty deep into the game with just these two guns. I feel like now I need to go into these other side missions and because you can crank the difficulty down on on the side missions. So if you're doing a survival map, you can crank it down to where it's like beginner. And so it's it's expecting less of you. Um, and I might do that just so I can grind a little bit more because it's loot based. Like they literally have tiers of like like all these uh, vests and body augments and stuff that randomly drop that I've been talking about. Those all have rarities. They have your purples, your blues, your greens, all that stuff. Um, and yeah, boxes. I haven't seen a loot box, actually. I haven't seen a single loot box. Their store, they have an in-game store. And their store has a lot of different things you can buy. And another a thing I like about the store, they don't have a thing on there where it's like some some free-to-play games will be like, here, buy this to remove the ads. And it's like a $3, $5, whatever purchase, and it just removes the ads. In this game, their entire store is open. And if you make any purchase over $5 on the store, it removes ads. So you're not just paying to get rid of ads. You're paying for an item, and it also removes the ads. And I did that. I bought a bundle of crystals for 5 bucks, and it removed the ads. So I was really happy for that. Um, but they have like a whole extra DLC campaign. They have a whole other class that you can add to the game. And then on top of that, they sell bundles of either cash or crystals. Cash is mainly used for weapons and weapon upgrading and like the physical things. Crystals are often used for, they're often your, how do I say this? Your secondary currency to all the other currencies. <laughs> so like if you run out, like when you're upgrading your abilities, say you run out of skill points that you got from leveling up, you can use crystals in place of a skill point um so it, it often does stuff like that um and they even sell some weapons for crystals instead of for money so you're able to get certain weapons like that but uh yeah the store doesn't seem too it doesn't seem like it's pushing in the in the direction of loot boxes because like i said i haven't seen a single loot box in this game and i've been playing for a little while but it is it does seem like it's pushing you a little bit to at least spend a little bit of money on a bundle of crystals just so you can finally get a decent weapon or something or just something that isn't like literally a revolver and a shotgun. Like I haven't used a, an automatic gun in this game yet. And that's crazy for a game I've been playing for what, three or four hours at this point. So that just feels wild, but I want to keep playing. I want to keep progressing. I'm probably going to start doing some of the daily missions, some of the survival missions, the biohazard, all the side stuff I'll probably focus on in the next couple sessions I play. But um, it's but, solid. So, I'm, mm -hmm. so, I'm like, so what I'm gathering is the gameplay is like it's a consistent, like good, good loop of uh, just fun. Yeah. No, no monotony. Yeah, it. It can get monotonous the more that you're forced to use just one set of weapons. But when things are moving at a pretty quick pace, because it's not like you're mowing down a million enemies. It is very, it's slower pace. It's methodical. It's a lot of like, um, let me just line up this hallway and like gun them all down before they're able to shamble towards me. Or in the case of these guys with the, with the machine guns from far away, you're trying to like poke around corners and like get them before they can really put a lot of bullets into you. Um, it can be boring if your weapons aren't that strong and you're having to pump a lot of bullets into people. But so far, for the most point, it hasn't gotten to that point. 
Um, my weapons have been able to keep up for the most part. I just need to play more missions in my current skill level for my current weapons so I can eventually earn more armaments to be able to progress and, you know, keep my arsenal up to date with the challenge of the game going forward. So, yeah, that's my main thing. Would you recommend this game to casual gamers or would you recommend it to hardcore? Well, not well, would you recommend it just just to casuals or would you recommend it to anyone who doesn't have access to a switch or a, a pc oh i'd say this is not this is by no means a game that oh you should really check this isn't like some hidden gem i'm telling you that right now i think this game is really great for people who like you said if you don't have a switch if you don't have a pc if really the main gaming device you have is a phone and all you've been playing is your fortnite or your call of duty mobiles or whatever this is worth trying out it's free on Android. It's super duper worth it just for it being free. I got tired of the ads after every mission, but you can pay a very small fee to get rid of those ads and you get something out of it. So if you own no other gaming devices, play this game. It is very solid. It is very good for what it is as a free to play mobile shooter with an actual story narrative. It's, it's janky and shit, but it's free. Like at, at the end of the day, all this is free. So like it's worth it nonetheless, but I, if you have a switch there's plenty of shit to play on the switch don't worry about it maybe shooter wise there's actually not shooter wise the switch is still pretty sparse and it's the worst version of doom it's the worst version of wolfenstein 2 you could play those games on like a ps4 or something but like you know if you got the big boy consoles you don't need to touch this game but I have the big boy consoles and I just haven't been in the mood to sit at the couch and play stuff. So I've just been in bed playing some dead effect Two every night. So yeah, it's solid. Solid is the word I'd use before recording this episode. I would not have expected to hear you give it a ring endorsement to this. (laughs) You thought I was going to sit here and rag on it. (laughs) Yeah. Like just say like it wasn't what you were expecting or something. Yeah. I mean, it is, to a large degree, it isn't what I was expecting. Like, I played this for a split second a long time ago, and I dropped it because it is unpolished. It does feel cheap in a way that isn't that it's low effort. It just feels like, oh, this is very much so like, it feels amateurish in a way that doesn't lack passion, but definitely lacks expertise. But it doesn't feel all the way clumsy. There's a little bit of charm there. Like, you could tell that they tried. You can tell that they tried to like make a loot system. You can tell that they tried to make combat that felt pretty good. Like there, there's pretty good gore effects here. Like you get a headshot, their head explodes, and it feels good. <laughs> like in a way where any satisfying headshot effect is in in a shooter. Um, like there's some stuff they're doing stuff here in this game that is good, that is solid, and for a free to play title, that's impressive to me. But. I would never tell anybody like when when we talk about game of the year, Dead Effect 2 won't even be in the running because it came out like what 2016. But if it came out this year, this would be one where I would give it a shout out and then it would probably be gone from the list. <laughs> it's not top tier at all, but it's just impressive as it's impressive for what it is. Long story short. So, yeah, and it says 60 frames per second, too. So shout out to that. Um, but yeah. I really like Dead Effect 2, and I think mobile gaming has arrived. If if all you have is a phone, like a pretty up-to-date phone, and you're not going to go out here and spend 500 on a PS5 or an Xbox or, you know, not looking to pick up a Switch or whatever, you can have a very, very, very good time on your phone. Just get yourself a Bluetooth controller and you're good to go. So 
just wanted to let that be known. People should not underestimate mobile gaming because I've been doing so for a long time. <laughs> so yeah, good stuff overall. So yeah, any other notes on mobile gaming before we go ahead and wrap this up and get the hell up out of here? No, it is way too late. Yeah, it, we recorded this a long time. We started this thing at like 7 and it's past 10 at this point. Or actually, no, we started a little after 7, so about now it's 3 hours flat. But still, 3 hours is a fucking lot. And I don't want to even look at the Craig timer for this podcast. So we're going to go ahead and get to the housekeeping section of the show right now. Housekeeping, everybody. Number one. I promised on the last episode of this podcast that I would have the Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers review out by the time that the next podcast was out. And I thought that was going to happen. That did not happen. <laughs> because every time I listen to this Godforsaken album, I love the album. Every time I listen to this fucking album, I think of more things to say. I originally wrote my review expecting not to talk about every single song because I was like, I don't have something to say about every song. I'm realizing that's not really the case. So I'm going to slightly restructure my review and the video review companion thing that I'm releasing as well. I'm going to do them both at the same time. So I literally just finished my notes for the first half of the album uh, right before the state of play today. I'm going to finish my notes for the second half of the album. And I'm actually starting a new job next week. So this Sunday, I'm going to be off for the first time in a long time because I start on Monday. Um, I'm going to use that Sunday to... Get this Kendrick Lamar review ready. And by the time this podcast you're listening to right now is out, then that review should be out as well. I want to make sure that's the case. So look out for that. I promise the link of this description will have the Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers review in it. And you should also be able to check out the uh, video version of that that I'll be putting on my personal channel if you just want to hear me talk about it rather than read about it. Uh, but they'll both be more or less similar to each other. Uh, so anyway, that's the first thing on here. Second thing, you're listening to Players Club, episode 99. Uh, we are going to be doing episode 100 pretty soon. I was planning on doing some big stuff for episode 100, but like I was planning that before I knew I was going to be starting a new job the same week that we would record it. So uh, I'm a little shaky on what my time's going to be looking like because of this new job. Uh, I, I know what my schedule is supposed to be. But I haven't started yet, so I don't know what it actually is. So I want to give myself a little bit of an incubation period. So in the meantime, episode 100, I, I think that's just going to be me, Al. I think we're going to try and get Graydon on here. Maybe a couple more folks from VGU. But we're going to keep it a little bit more in-house for episode 100. And let's just make it a questions episode. Uh, I put out the tweet not too long ago, I think a day or two ago. Uh, if you have any questions for either me or Al or really let's say anybody at vgu uh go ahead and submit it to us we have the tweet down there you can tweet at us um or honestly you can send me dms if you want to just tweet at me personally you can also uh but we have the tweet over there on vgu's on vgu.tv's page uh let us know what you want to know from us because we've been doing 100 episodes of this at this point so it'd be fun to look back at our memories and also just answer whatever y'all been curious about so send your inquiries at that link below ask us questions you'll see it there um so yeah shout out to that then uh as far as stuff actually going on in the vgu.tv pantheon uh i'll just put this up uh, i want to well, say it was yesterday right uh which one is it uh celebrating g4 part 12 portal yeah that was uh yesterday or no no i think it was today 
Oh wow, even even better. Um, yeah, continuing your celebrating G four uh, series, which still blows my mind that like there's still more to go. It feels there's, like the series has been going on for a while. There is one more. Oh, just one more. Wow, we're almost there. And I kind of give a little bit of a guess or a little bit of a indication of what the night, the last, the finale will be. So, I it's just basically what the game meets what Resident Evil Four is to me. My memories of it, and who who Leon Kennedy is to me in terms of voice actor. Ah, okay, yeah, they're definitely gonna switch that up a little bit. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see if it sticks. But if you want to see why the thing that they're doing is a bad idea, go ahead and check out uh, Al's words on that. That's also on the site. Um, another thing that uh, Al worked on alongside Graydon, we did talk about this on the last podcast episode, but I just wanted to go ahead and give it another boost here. Uh, MLB 22, the show co-op review, a triumphant return to the top. Uh, I know y'all really enjoyed that new MLB title. So uh, if you want to see what makes that game so good, of course, you can play it on Game Pass if you like. But if you want to hear words about it, see if it reflects your own experiences then check out the review here. I know y'all uh, did a did a lot of work on that one. So I, I really appreciate that. That write up. So oh, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, this goes up, or the I didn't, I didn't mention it here, or I didn't put it in here because I mean I put it I I'm gonna try to I'm going to try to start putting up a weekly schedule of planned content, which I I started this week uh, with on the VG Twitter account. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, that's a good good call. And tomorrow at I think maybe one one p.m. maybe. A little bit before, maybe a little bit after. Mm-hmm. Um, a short VGA plays of Vampire Survivors. Yeah, I saw that in the uh, in the chamber there. I I fuck with Vampire Survivors heavy, so I'm glad more of y'all are playing it. That is a great game, and y'all should definitely watch that Let's Play when it comes out. I actually think if it's yeah, I'm planning on putting this episode out. I don't want to say it because if I fuck up and don't put it out on that day, then everyone will know on the show. Um, I'm planning on putting it out soon after that video goes live. So I'll include that link if it's already out by the time this posts. And for all I know, or for all you know, listeners, you next up could be a uh, power washing simulator gameplay video. Ooh, teasy, teasy, tease. And I'll say right now, um, Especially if this if this new job that I'm working, uh, I'm still going to be doing same amount of hours. But if I'm able to manage my life a little bit better, because this new job, I'm supposed to be working the same exact shift every day. So I won't have all these. Oh, you come in late and you get in early the next day. So you only sleep for like two hours or whatever the fuck. If I'm able to manage my life a little bit better, I might be able to start making more videos on here. Because I've been wanting to for a while and I just haven't been able to find the time. And I want to stream some more too. So uh Lord willing, that might be coming up for me somewhat soon. But yeah, we'll we'll see. <laughs> we'll we'll see about that. I'm I'm not gonna promise anything quite yet. Let me get settled into this new job first. Um, but in any case, uh after then will be the show Let's Play, and after the Vampire Survivors link, which I'm writing in right now as I'm thinking about it, uh VGU plays Star Wars Squadrons Part 1. That is also out as well on our YouTube channel. Um, If you want to go ahead and watch that Let's Play of a bunch of Star Wars Squadron 
uh, gameplay. The VR, I guess, like pilot game from a couple years ago, PSVR support. I don't know. Um, are you? Because this is your uh, let's play, right? Yeah, I didn't play. Uh, I didn't play the game of VR because I was having trouble around the time with like getting my uh, Oculus to work with um, the game. Ah, yeah, makes sense. Can't be difficult. But this is technically the second part because there's a there was a part zero that. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that is is a bit of a. Uh, what's the word? It's more of a um like a setup for what the main story is. Ah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, because I was wondering because I I literally copied the link of the most recent one and I noticed it said episode one and not episode two. So I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's starting like a Resident Evil Zero to a Resident Evil One, I guess. I don't know. I got Ari on the brain. Um, so yeah, if you want to go ahead and watch that one, go ahead and check out that Star Wars Squadron uh, Let's Play down there, and you can go back in the playlist and go ahead and check out the original episode there. Uh, another one here. Uh, Hyper Time, the podcast. We actually talked about this one earlier in the episode. One more day, uh, where they talk about that uh, that that Spider Man run there. Uh, so you can go ahead and check out that uh, check out that podcast, and also check out all the notes that Josh left because Homeboy is meticulous with the note taking. Uh, and then also uh, another thing that we referenced earlier in the show: a thorough look at Resident Evil. Noah Caldwell Gervais' exhaustive look at the Resident Evil series. I think that video is a feats of human ability because <laughs> that is so many games and such a thing and the fact that he was able to make that all coherent is impressive um so yeah go ahead and watch that video one of my favorites uh emmett plays tunic and also just passing new tunic uh those are the two let's plays of tunic that we talked about earlier if you want to see two sides of the tunic enjoyment possibility curve uh go ahead and check out those and then also scavenger studio creative director accused of belittling screaming and groping employees that is the article from gamesindustry.biz that we were reading from earlier go ahead and give rebecca valentine some of your time uh because quite frankly she deserves it she does good reporting uh shout out to her being at ign now i believe she's been at ign since the beginning of this year so uh doing more doing great work at an even higher platform so good for her uh and with that that's the end of this show jam-packed episode um we're we're gonna be coming back later on with episode 100 uh like i said it's probably just gonna be a question and answer show and then and then now that we're in the middle of summer games fest now that the not e3 e3 season is going on i do want to start getting some more people in here just to react to some of this stuff uh to get some new voices in here some people you've seen before some people maybe you haven't seen before uh i want to continue to leave our arms open for people because i know i can very easily get caught up in the all right let's just do another normal episode normal episode nah let's switch this up a little bit more so uh we're gonna keep doing that in the near future so look out for that during the c3 season but next episode i am in a new job so let me have a slightly normal recording session and then we'll figure things out from there um so yeah i'll keep y'all posted with that of course you can follow either me on twitter ej sponsor one you can click my name in the description down there or click al's name as well the alan muir uh you can find them on twitter as well and follow them over there and we'll keep you posted with anything that happens and we're getting the fuck out of here we gotta go to sleep so uh al thank you for hopping on the show with me today it's been a pleasure 
Yeah. Even though it's been a little late, it has been a pleasure as well on my side. Uh, so this has been the Players Club podcast. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you for coming to the club tonight. Uh, we'll see you on the next episode. And as I always say, keep it real, keep it trill. And what are you buying? What are you selling? I just want to do one of those. We can talk about Resident Evil a, fucking, a fuck ton on this show. So I'm just doing one of those. All right, peace out, y'all. Love you. Bye. Bye.